Hi, this is Christopher Walken. You're listening to two guys that I once made love to, the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Somebody get me a shoehorn. Come on. This is the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. This is your chance to get vocal. Children, I wish to announce that our show has undergone a reformatting. Let's get ready to listen quietly. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? The vocal minority. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Think we could listen to the radio or something? The vocal minority with Nick and Steve. Radio? <laughs> Who needs a radio? Great heavens! What kind of radio show is this? This is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. It's the moment we've all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, Nick. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I, I, I should mention that I've got uh, Brewski with me and Steve. We're all here. The gang back, Nick and Steve. The Vocal Minority, episode number 18. We're truly legal for anything you want to do to our bates. Oh, but people look down on you for suggesting that. But yes, it is legal. We're an adult show now. So. You still hung up on that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, when the internet calls you child molester, it sticks with you a little bit. Uh, Listen, maybe that's just are, me. But. If you're a young person in some form, you can do anything you want to our bodies. What? Wait, what? Clarify that. My lawyer's listening. What? What? What's your? What, I mean, if you're your an rules? old man, you cannot screw us. We're only eighteen. Don't be a chomo. But if you're somewhere within the age of twenty to twenty-nine, you can comment on our bodies. Age uh, is just a number, Nick. It's just a number. Pet our bodies. I never thought this would be a stance I would have to defend in life, but here I am, advocating <laughs> dating younger dude. women. I've never seen you try and die on a hill of something. Well, I well between you and Brewski, I mean, Steve with this, Brewski with Metallica, you guys are both dying on hills for very it, trivial things. I, I don't think uh, I don't think love is trivial, Nick. Dude, are you kidding? Don't be getting that mixed up with love. Hey, you never know, you know. Uh, apparently, between my immaturity and my propensity to date younger women, uh, that's just the direction I'm heading in. So you never know who the next woman will be. You Welcome to The Vocal Minority with Nick <laughs> and Steve Olabruski, Episode 18, like I said, recording date of December 26th. Everybody have a good holiday yesterday or an okay holiday at least. I just want the show to get to 28 so I can fuck it and be okay with uh, everyone's <laughs> parameters. All this ever on your mind, dude. You have become the... I mean, Steve's always been horny. I've known him for over half my life. He's always been a horny bastard, but he has turned to letting this type of thing pollute his mind to dude, such a degree that it's all he thinks about. If you picked up Tom Hanks after he was stranded on that island and he was just sitting there going, God, I'm hungry, would you say, like, geez, dude, all you talk about is food, like, enough already? Hey, dude, you had your fucking first sandwich, so fucking let it go, all right? Right. You gave Tom Hanks a cracker and then said, what, you gained 20 pounds, right? You're fine? No. I thought last weekend was more than a cracker, dude. It was a weekend that was unbelievable from what I understood. It was a phenomenal night, but it was a drop in the ocean of my sex life, so... You know. Giggity, giggity. Right. You can't just have, uh, even if you give Tom Hanks after the island a Thanksgiving meal, he's going to want another meal. He's going to be thinking about food for a while. That's my point. It's not what was your all. question, Christmas? I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, Christmas is all right. You know, I, I completely stuffed myself yesterday with entirely too much, too many meat products, I will say that. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. And what you made yesterday, uh, Brewski and I texted a little bit. He told me what he made was fantastic. Dude. It made me real hungry for it. What'd you uh, yeah. Well, I, we, we made uh, homemade stuffed shells, uh, you know, ricotta, hamburger, and that sort of thing. Um, but then we also, um, I made Italian sausages with peppers and onions, and I ate way too many sausages yesterday. Like, uh-huh. I think my, my arteries are like squeezing, you can squeeze Crisco out of them by now, I'm sure. <laughs> nice. Between that and like the six whiskeys I had during the day yesterday, nice. it was, yeah, you know, one of those type, types of things. Yeah. Day of indulgence. Six oh, whiskeys. Yeah. All right. I had four cocktails and I felt bad about myself. <laughs> Well, then we watched uh, Top Gun Maverick, too, which was was great. Nice. I like Star Wars, too. That's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yes. And, Nikki, what, what did you do yesterday? Uh, I was hanging out with Mom. Just hung out over at Mom's place and uh, Rachel and I. Mom just kind of, I mean, I made a big breakfast and uh, took a few naps, walked a few dogs, made dinner. Drank quite a few old fashions. Yeah, how many nice. cocktails did you have? Uh, I think I probably had five ish, and then I had a beer or two as well. So yeah, yeah. I was, nice. I was, but I didn't get wasted. It was just kind of a nice, sustaining, a little, you know, nice. I felt good. I must have a buzz throughout the day. Yeah, that good. That's the way. To so do what it. about you, Harness? Um, uh, I don't recall. I don't recall what happened these last <laughs> So the sign of a good day. Uh, no, here's the deal. Um, you know, I was uh, very apprehensive about this holiday season. Nobody gave me an option to just skip right over it, though. So, uh, uh yeah, I did it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> what did you and the kids do? At least can we, you do? Can we talk Tell about that? Highlights. You know, if you're not comfortable sharing the low points uh tell us the highlights i want to know I, i'm interested in the kids now yeah. here's the deal i'm not trying to be too vague for the audience or any people tuning in but uh, uh here's a short version you know i got divorced three and a half years ago or whatever it was now i'm losing track four years ago three years ago I don't know. I got divorced several years ago <laughs> and uh, got divorced in October, moved out on my own in November, which was right into that holiday season. And that was the first time I'd ever, you know, cried on Christmas. That Christmas sucked. I, uh, you know, I was home alone. Uh, I went over to my old house, you know, invited in as a guest <laughs> to spend Christmas with my, my ex and my kids. And it sucked. And uh, I had always really loved Christmas. So I set out on this goal to sort of reestablish Christmas as a good thing. It, um, it was about six months after that. I met the woman who I, um, you know, was with for these past couple of years and I felt like we got everything back on track. We started some family traditions and by that first Christmas together, she had already moved in with me. So we started doing all this stuff as a family and, uh, fast forward to the next Christmas, I decided that, you know, Christmas is back on track. It has good memories now and new traditions. I got this new family unit with my new woman and my two kids and, um, so I decided that it would be a really good idea to propose to my ex on uh, Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. And I remember that night we were out at dinner celebrating, and I made a joke of like, hey, this marriage really <laughs> needs to work out. Otherwise, I've just ruined Christmas for all fucking time to come by yeah. tying all of this together. But that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> well, still doesn't have to happen, right? I mean... Well, it doesn't uh, have to happen, but it took a big shit on my Christmas and, uh, you know, made me very apprehensive going in. 
So, uh, you know, here's the deal. I, I set out to not let all of that bullshit. Um, those of you that have missed any of our previous episodes, my uh, my my fiance uh, went out for a pack of cigarettes six months ago and never yeah. came home. Uh, just vanished on me and the kids. <laughs> you know, just see you later. Uh, so, yeah, this holiday season I was a little bit nervous about. Um, I think actually December 23rd was my hardest. I was just missing having the whole family unit around. And as my shrink will tell you, I don't miss my ex. I miss having, you know, a family unit. Um, so, yeah. a, What's a family unit? That's a serious question. Is it you well, and the kids? Everyone or? keeps telling me you got a family regardless, and I get it. But I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not putting it down. I'm just asking you, what's a family unit? Like you want all the pieces or, or it doesn't feel right to you? Like mom, dad, husband, wife, kids. That's a family unit to me. That's what I was... You know, that's what I had for 16 years, got divorced, was trying to put my family back together while my kids were still young enough to have that mean anything. Uh, picked the wrong woman, clearly. And so, uh, you know, yeah, obviously this year I, I still have my family. I'm still, you know, have the kids. But this whole single dad thing, it just it, it just sucks in so many ways, and especially at the holidays. I mean, not only not having the whole family dynamic, but not having someone – to partake in all of these things and to help me with cooking and cleaning and shopping and half the bills and everything else. I mean, Christmas to me is always a, a time to spoil the kids. And um, I pulled it off this year, but, you know, I only have one kidney now, if that tells you anything. <laughs> so, that's how I pulled it off. But, What's for you dinner this yourself? week? Man? Top of ramen. Oh, I've, I eat so much top of ramen nowadays. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but... Um, so anyway, so as far as the kids go, like that was my main goal. Like I, I want to have a good Christmas. So, sure. uh, I had them Christmas Eve, you know, all that day and Christmas Eve. And then we all, you know, slept here at the house and did Christmas morning together. So, uh, Christmas Eve was really good. Uh, you know, I, uh, I got up, I cooked us all a, a big breakfast, like, you know, Nick had mentioned. And, um, uh, we spent the day just kind of goofing around the house. We, uh, we did some fun snow removal. I had snow <laughs> hanging off the roof of my house, and my son and I were out there whacking at it, and this whole thing came down as one piece. It was oh, so geez. satisfying. I thought the roof was going to collapse with the noise it made. Was just, it powder, or was it uh, oh, iced over when it came down? Now, this is snow that had been sitting on the roof of my house, and I have a metal roof, so it slid to the edge and was, like, draping over, but it was so solid that it never broke off. It was just like a, a tidal wave, just frozen in time. So we went out there, we were hacking at it. I thought we would just take little chunks down, but... I hit something that's right, and this whole the whole side of the house just all fell at once. Like it sounded like an avalanche. It was very impressive. And uh, <laughs> Crosby and I geeked out, and, and Neo heard it and came running out, and she got a little more of it coming down. So yeah, so that was fun. Uh, we did our Christmas movie stuff. We uh, we watched Christmas Story. We watched uh, Die Hard, which is of course a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Did we all agree on that, or do we need to have that argument? No, I'm with you on that. <laughs> we're all we're all smart people. Let's move forward. Right? Exactly. Yeah, you guys know what's Champion. up. Champion. So, uh, what else? Do we, uh, we watched Black Adam, um, the DC's latest uh, piece of shit superhero movie. With the yeah, was it bad? It, it wasn't terrible. Like DC uh, has just just has not figured out how to make movies like Marvel has. Do you understand the difference between DC and Marvel, Nick? I know you're not a you know comic book nut. Yes, I do. I mean, I think I do on my level. I don't know if I do on your level. But <laughs> Explain it to me. Let's I see. mean, I understand that they're two different uh, companies and uh, that they do things differently, and Marvel seems to be doing it in a grandiose, true-to-the-storyline fashion. Well, they're different universes. So do you yes. know who the yeah. players are in the universes? 
if I had to name like this guy's with this, I mean, I I know the big ones, right? I know the Spider Man. What do you know? I, you Tell know. me. Tell me what you know. Uh, Spider Man's uh, with uh, Marvel. Yes, clearly. comics and uh, yeah, Batman, Fantastic Four. You, you made it oh. into the list. So I made what? Done. I said you made it one into the list correctly. So that's good. Batman is not in Marvel. Oh, so it's not. He's not. He's DC. No. Yep. Justice well, League is DC. Avengers are Marvel. So your Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, those are all DC. Oh, okay. The Marvel side, it's the Fantastic Four, it's the Avengers, so it's Thor, Captain America, Spider-Man, Hulk. Okay. All, all, all the good ones, mainly, except for Batman. Batman's you know, the, the crown. You know, by the way, I, I got to say, though, I got to call, uh, call a bullshit on something, though. Yeah, the, what? The, the Thor flicks have been garbage, especially so, this this whole fucking love in uh, bullshit one. That's just, <laughs> come on. How do you do that to Thor? I mean, no. you did you did such a great job with Captain America, but, but you're going to do that to Thor? I mean, come on. He's a god for Jesus, you know? All right, so this is going to get reminiscent on the Metallica argument because I believe Marvel has, uh, I, I give Marvel the leeway to take a little creativity or something. Let me, let me pause you guys just for a second, all right? You guys are both <laughs> entitled to your own opinions. Well, yeah. Of course, go. but I need to defend Thor because I hear a lot of, uh, I hear a lot of this and I, I get it. So let me just give you my two cents on Thor, right? And Nick, I don't know if you've seen any of these movies, so if you'll have any informed opinion or not. But so Thor, the first movie, Thor was very serious. He was the uh, the Norse god kind of absolutely, thing. yeah. And there was a lot of patriarch, you know, a lot of pomp and circumstances, like uh, you know the British crown and all that. And the first movie, it, you know, he was serious and it was it was all right. The second movie, he was still very serious and it was not all right. The second movie was I don't know, wasn't a train wreck, but it's one of my least favorite Marvel movies. Sure. And then, I don't know who had this idea, but when Thor Ragnarok came out, the third Thor movie, which was after some of the Avenger movies and all that, the first time I went and watched it in the theaters, I was not thrilled. It was, it's funny. It's a funny movie. And I'm sitting there going, why did we make Thor funny all of a sudden? Why is this yeah. comedy? But I have to tell you, I have seen Ragnarok now 48,000 times, and I fucking love it. I, I really like what they've done with the character. I Once I stepped back from, like, hold on, you changed somebody, I really do appreciate the the, the lightheartedness, the, the little humor that they're slipping in, because it's not become insultingly comedic. But it's I, I, I like the sarcasm. I like the humor. I like that it's a little... Because the whole serious thing wasn't really working for Thor. If they had done it correctly, maybe, but... They didn't, and I kind of like it. But doesn't uh, right. that mean it's not really Thor anymore? Yeah, it's definitely Thor, but he's just gotten a little older and goofier. And um, he's evolved. All right. The Love and Thunder movie, same thing. Like I saw it in the theater, and that was a bad incident, by the way. <laughs> it's my last night before everything went off the rails oh. with uh, the ex. But um, gee, I wonder why after you saw that movie. Well, yeah, no. But um, uh, again, same thing. Like I saw it at the theater the first time. It took me a little back. I've seen it several times since now. And it's not as good as Ragnarok, but I still, I, I like that they're breaking up the Marvel Universe a little bit. Not everything has to be so serious and straightforward. And, and, I, and I, get, I get that, you know. Uh, I get that you, that you want to change things up a little bit and um, take some liberties here and there. It's their, it's their character, and they can do that sort of thing. Yes. I just I what what's I, your beef though? It's just too goofy or something or what? Yeah, it's too goofy. It's yeah. uh, I can see that complaint. I've heard it from a lot of people. I get it for sure, but I don't but know. Especially, but especially with how great the the Captain America movies have been. 
Yeah, but Cap's different. Cap is serious, so that I, wouldn't I, work I, for him. Thor, no, the whole serious thing wasn't working, so I, I get it. I, I don't know. I just... My point uh, is, I like that all the Marvel movies now have a little bit different flavor, each of them. Sure. Because for a while there, they were all kind of in that serious frame, but they, they branched it out a little bit. So I, I, I'm i giving them slack. I don't know when Thor's coming back again or what they're doing with him, but uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it for what it is. All of the movies now have a, a little different flavor, so we'll see. All right, so you got one of those uh, Black Adam movies in, and uh, yes. then what? My point on that was that DC does not make very good movies. <laughs> There's been one or two that have been good, but uh, most of them have not. Some of them have been flat-out train wrecks, like Batman versus Superman, which should have yeah. been great. It was based on one of the greatest you know, graphic novels of all time, but they fucked that up. Uh, and Black Adam, I'd heard, you know, The Rock taking over this kind of obscure DC character. I'd heard that, you know, hey, they did it right finally, and no, they didn't. It was boring. It was the most dramatic, boring movie I've ever seen. <laughs> You know, everything was slow motion and dramatic, but it was just boring as shit. So, do you, do you think that that maybe they relied on the rock in particular uh, to kind of carry it? You know, um, where they maybe, thought, okay, maybe. even even though maybe the script and how we're going to do it isn't all that great, people will be excited because it's the rock and whatever he does. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whatever he does is everyone's got to love. I don't blame The Rock. Like, he seemed to fit the role well, and he filled the suit out nicely, to say the least. But, yeah. um, uh, I, you know, I know The Rock in so many other roles. It did take a little bit to sort of accept him as a superhero. But, nah, it wasn't his fault. It, it was the story. It was the way it was directed. And there's so many things in that movie that are just straight out of a Marvel movie. And I know you could probably go backwards and say DC did that first in the comics, but it doesn't matter. Marvel did it in these grand scheme movies. and. I mean, there's a you know an old school like set in New England where a jet flies up out of the lawn like straight out of the X Men. The whole Doctor Fate thing in this movie is straight up Doctor Strange. He did the same tricks, same illusions. <laughs> like, yeah, I know Doctor Fate existed before Doctor Strange in the comic books. So I don't care. Like these movies are all <laughs> modern stuff, so you know, have some crit, you know, some creativity and newness. But, but anyway, so yes, we watched a bunch of movies, so that was all good. Um, uh, Christmas Eve, I continued my tradition of uh, reading the night before Christmas to my kids. Even you that did? one year. Yeah, yeah, 16 years running right now. That's fascinating, dude. How long does that story take to read? Not long. It's it's like a two Five minute minutes? If, if, yeah, I mean, it's a couple of minutes, if that. Do, uh, do you, are you really entertaining or just a straight read? Well, Nick, I'm a professional, so when I read mean, <laughs> you read it to them like they're still kind of little kids, uh, are you, do you make it interesting? I don't uh, act it out or uh, get overly dramatic with it, but I, you know, I know how to read and put emphasis on the right syllables and stuff. That's cool, dude. They enjoy it. I think so. I mean, I don't know if they know there's an option or not at this point, but last year for Christmas, the kids gave me a, a framed piece of artwork that just says the first couple of lines of the night before Christmas. So that enjoy it, dude. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's become a good tradition. Even the first year of divorce, I was not with them on Christmas Eve. I called them and I read them the night before Christmas because I didn't want to keep. I didn't want to break the streak. So yeah. No, that's cool, dude. I like that. That's, yeah. that's cool. So we did that, uh, and uh, yeah, we all got good night's sleep. You know, back in the day, these kids were up at four in the morning, of course, to open presents. But uh, <laughs> now that they're teenagers, uh, I had to wake them up that morning and. Yeah, presents were good. Uh, the kids got me a couple of things for sure. And uh, this was Neo's first year of like having a paycheck and a car. So she went out and did her own Christmas shopping for everyone. You know, it was, it was quite adorable. So, That's what great. did they get you? Anything you can mention? Uh, yeah. 
Uh, well, I thought it was adorable. Neil got me a Best Buy gift certificate, so and it said like for vocal minority things. So if we need audio cables or something, very nice. Yeah, uh, and they got me some superhero stuff. You know, some Spider-Man uh, themed ideas, and uh, uh, Neo actually got me some uh, little uh, white colored disc LED lights. She was like, you could put them up in the studio, maybe help with your lighting situation. Nice, dude. Um, the thoughtful gifts. Right. Uh, Crosby got me some Star Wars uh, drinking glasses, like for uh, you know cocktails. So I nice. <laughs> thought that was adorable. So like you're at the most icely cantina. Exactly. Yeah. So put yeah, the no, no. soundtrack on and uh, have a little cocktail, dude. Exactly. So yeah, all of that stuff was good. I feel like I pulled off Christmas Eve, Christmas morning. I felt like the kids had enough, you know, presents to open up and not that it's just about presents, but that does mean something to me to kind of make that the one day a year you kind of spoil them. And Yeah. So that was all good. And then uh, the kids left by 10 a.m., and then I was uh, home alone all day. And that's when the ghosts of Christmas past caught up to me. And, um, you know, the, the demons of the past, you know, reminding, keep this whole like one year since I proposed to this woman that I gave everything I had to my heart, my soul, my money, my children, like penis. And then, yeah, and then some. And then, yeah, you know, to be yeah, sitting around here going, well, well what the fuck? <laughs> home alone. So my therapist and I had talked heavily about how to spend Christmas Day, and she recommended that I um, I set up certain things to do. Her suggestion was uh, get a puzzle, because uh, you know if you work on a puzzle, you have to sort of focus on that, and it's hard to yeah let the demons come in when you're focusing on your puzzle. Uh, but I was shopping for puzzles, and they're not cheap. So instead, I bought a bunch of tequila and edibles. I figured that was something worth working on. Yeah, that at least will numb your mind up a little bit. I'm pretty sure she said either do something constructive with bilateral, uh, you know, frontal lobe stimulation or just get butt-ass wasted. I think that's what she said. I mean, that's what I took from the session. Knowing some of the advice that Misty lays out, I, I think you may have uh, misunderstood. You know, <laughs> things are open to interpretation, therapy. <laughs> so she said, work on something constructive. I thought working on a bottle of tequila, that sounds constructive to me. So by 10 a.m., I had my first uh, tequila sunrise. And, um, yeah, I spent the whole day, uh, let's see, I consumed 100 milligrams of edibles over the course of the day. I mean, nice. You know. Uh, multiple, multiple vape pits. Um, yeah, uh, tequila sunrises one after another, four in a row. Oh. Finished off my, all my orange juice. <laughs> I was going to ask you if if you made the original tequila sunrise recipe, or if you use the one that's that we all kind of know the Rolling Stones made popular in the seventies. I don't know any of them. You'll have to break them down. I put a shot of tequila in one of my glasses and then filled the rest with orange juice. I was like, "There's the tequila sunrise." Oh, okay. Well, technically, when with <laughs> well, no. The only, th the only thing he's missing is grenadine. Yes. Yeah. And what yeah. is that really? Just flavor and sugar, right? I mean, they tasted fine to me. So. Yeah. Oh, no, sure, no. It'll taste fine. I mean, it's yeah. You're basically making a screwdriver with tequila, so it's going to taste good. But uh, with the grenadine, it just off off puts the uh, gives it a little bit more uh, but then, layering. But mm -hmm. it. But also, flavors. what it also does too is it changes the color kind of of the drink, so that you're seeing the sunrise. Like the oranges and the reds and and the, and that sort of thing. I That's I thought yeah. I said at orange juice. It was a breakfast drink. That's what I called no, it. No, no. And actually, the, and actually, the original <laughs> the original one was actually created at a resort in Arizona, and it used creme de cassis, which is like 
Mm. Uh, really See, I love a good cocktail, but I hate all the sugar shit that gets mixed into them. So I'm trying well, to limit how much of that I take in. Well, actually, well, you're the, the, get rid of orange juice then. The, the, <laughs> the, the old version actually isn't very sweet at all. It was meant to be to be consumed during the day as a refreshing sort of drink because it's Arizona in the early 1900s mm-hmm. when there's no air conditioning. I see. Tremendous yeah. play by Bruski. Orange juice. People keep telling me it's as bad as soda. It's as bad as soda. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a small objection to that. I know that by sugar count it is, but A, it's got vitamins in it. Soda certainly doesn't have that. And B, it, if you do it right, it's got pulp in it. And pulp, any sort of fiber helps slow down the processing of sugar. It helps you know, dilute it in, inside of you. So it's not the same as soda. I understand it's got a lot of sugar in it, but it has other good things. Am Listen, I right? Am if I you right? substitute uh soda with orange juice and like say you drink four sodas a day yeah. and you substitute it with four bottles of orange juice a day you know I'm talking, the, I'm, I'm talking the little gas station you know the okay. s- single serving sure uh i think that blood sugar wise you're going to be about the same well but there's fiber in orange juice and what i had researched and read was that you know if you're consuming foods with fiber it helps break down the sugar so your body doesn't process it the same way so at least there's some fiber in orange juice as opposed to Coke. And there's no vitamins and minerals in Coke, right? At least orange juice has those. 10 for 10, is it a trade, uh, equal trade-off? Maybe 8 for 10. I mean, I guess yeah, you do, right. you're doing a little better, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. And the tequila, there's some sort of nutrients in that, I think, right? That's organic. Mm, I think it's empty <laughs> calories. So... Yeah, and there's sugar. Is tequila the one that's sugar-free, Bruski, or the least amount of sugar? Is it brown liquor or white liquor that has the least amount of sugar? Hmm. Well, it's probably a white liquor, but but there's also white rum, and all rums are made out of uh, sugar cane. Right. That's the that's the basis of those. So something like because tequila itself is actually made out of agave, which comes from like a cactus-like plant. Right. It's healthy. So that, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think I think the tequila would be would have less sugar in it. Yes. The original tequila sunrise recipe is one and a half ounces of your tequila, and then three quarters of an ounce of creme de cassis, and then juice of half a lime, and then four ounces of club soda, and then if you really get fancy, a luxato cherry to garnish. Where was the orange juice? There wasn't something didn't that, have any orange juice. So the, 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 no, 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 no. So the, the one that we know of, though, was created in the early 70s by a bartender in uh, Northern California. And he happened to uh, introduce it to the Rolling Stones when they were playing a gig in San Francisco. And they went crazy for it and started drinking it all the time and push and and pushing it. And that's kind of how we got to know that particular recipe over the original one, which was made at the Arizona Biltmore in 1930s. Well, and the Rolling Stones are basically immortal. So maybe that's their secret. It could be. kill the stones, right? So maybe it's <laughs> the tequila sunrises. Well, uh, except yeah, Charlie Watts. Charlie, Charlie watches. He just had a birthday, by the way. He's seventy nine years old. Right? Was who? Well, Charlie Watts or Keith? Keith. Oh, Keith. Keith yeah. yeah. Charlie Watts is dead, right? Yeah. Yes, the yeah. drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal drummer, by the way. I love his style of drumming. Uh, here's a question, Stephen. Uh, that yep. I, I don't know if you've. Oh, I'm sure you've thought about this. Uh, what is the? Do you have a roadblock? And do you ever think about the thought of? Oh, you know what? I'm going to think of this day that I proposed to that girl as a victory of the fact that I dodged the biggest bullet that's ever been shot at me. 
Yeah. I have a real hard time with that concept. People keep you telling do. me, you dodged a bullet. Victory, my friend. Thank God you're not planning a wedding. Like, these are all things I wanted, so I have a hard time feeling like, thank God I'm not getting married next year. And I still I still have faith in, in therapy and the process that if both of you are willing and able that you can solve anything. I kept deluding myself that the other person was, of course, willing and able. And well, obviously I know now they weren't, but, but you know. Here, I'll tell here, you here, something that Oh, go ahead, Brisky. I was going to ask a question. So if you had to go to couple therapy when yeah. you weren't weren't together for that long a time, wasn't yeah, that a red that wasn't that a red wasn't that a red flag that maybe this isn't the right person? No. I don't know any couples that don't need couples therapy. I, I mean, don't believe in it, so that's why, you know. Well, but that's a problem. I mean, if both people believe in it, I mean, everyone's got baggage, especially at this stage of life. So I just wish you luck magically finding somebody who you're perfectly simpatico with. There's no issues ever. And you're both so good at arguing and all this stuff. I think any couple could benefit from couples therapy if you're both willing and able and you're both willing to work on your own shit, just like any form of therapy. Yeah, but so, but so many but, but couples in the past uh, didn't, didn't go to therapy. My parents were married until they died and didn't go to therapy. Yeah, it's a generational thing, I would argue. You like, know? They, they probably just learned to suck certain things up. And uh, today's modern woman is not very good at that, I would argue, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't know um, if that's true, dude. I, I, Rachel and I don't go to couples therapy and I don't say that to be braggadocious. I just mean that like, you know, m most of our stuff that we've been unable to work out, we either work it out in our own singles therapy or, and be able to come together and talk about it. And, you know, I've, I've been lucky. Uh, and some people do it. I think that my mom and dad, uh, had a, you know, a long-term happy marriage. And I, I don't think any relationship is ever going to be without issues. It's whether sure. or not you need to figure out, Hey, do we fight fair? Uh, do we fight productively? And if we don't, then, you know, if it means that much to you to be together, then I think couples therapy is a great thing. But I understand what Brisky's saying. Like, do we start our relationship in couples therapy? Shouldn't that be something maybe that comes later into our relationship? We're like, oh, you've been settled into this pattern. I don't like the way you do this. It makes me feel bad. And then you get into that. I think Brewski's question is, if you start the relationship off in couples therapy, is it a red flag? Yep. Uh, 20 comments there. First of all, what I mean by like women nowadays, um, I, I think our parents' generations were just taught in a different way that when you get married, it's forever. And if you're unhappy with whatever, you suck it up and... Speaking of the Rolling Stones, Mother's Little Helpers, or, uh, you know, drinking, or cheating, or whatever it is. You stay married, but you suck that pain down deep inside, and you don't let anyone know. Like, I think we're in a better place where, uh, you know, a lot of women have come to the point of, like, I'm not putting up with a certain amount of shit. But they don't realize they have their own shit going on that's either contributing or making the whole thing worse, and we both need to be able to own our shit. So, you know, early in my relationship with the Hindenburg, there was so much good there. And I saw how badly we fought, that we were both alpha dogs and fighters and neither of us wanted to back down. So my thought was, okay, all of this good stuff, but I see already that we're not good fighters. Why don't we be mature adults and start to learn how to fight better, how to resolve conflict better, how to work with each other? And the only way to do that is with a professional sitting down and helping us through that process. Um, so no, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think 
you know, there's some religions that require you to do couples therapy before you even can get married or blessed by the church for the marriage. Like, it's probably a good idea. Most people seem in denial on their bullshit. Uh, but Nick, what you mentioned is nine out of 10 steps of the battle right there. If you're both in individual therapy working on your own shit, then I think a lot of couples can then bring that into the relationship and they don't need a couples therapist specifically. But you need some sort of coach, some sort of referee helping you through these battles. Some people, you know, want the hands-on, like, okay, I'm doing my therapy, but let's do a couple's therapy as well. Sure. I, I, if, if there's a therapist involved somewhere, you're miles ahead of the game. Uh, but no, I don't think couple's therapy is a bad thing, and I don't think you should assume that there's just some couples that just magically are harmonious. Um, they're either sucking their shit down or it's going to blow up in their face at some point. Um, but yeah, single individual therapy, couple's therapy, it's all under that same umbrella, so, you know. I would argue you actually are probably doing it. Know what I mean? Because you're talking about Rachel and your therapy, right? Uh, Not exclusively, yeah, yeah. but it comes up. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So, there I you mean, go. I, it's, it's just life in general. You know, and when you're in therapy, so many things can come up. I'm not in full-time therapy anymore. I'm, uh, I go in, you and I have talked about this before, Steve. I go for a while if I feel like I need it, if I feel like I'm doing great, I step aside. Yeah. I haven't seen my therapist in six months. Well, that's great. Five months, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like it, saying I haven't taken my car to the mechanics in six months. Like, it's going to need it eventually. It's great that sure. it's doing well and you're taking care of it, but at 100%. some point you're going to need a tune-up, and that's I'm glad you have a mechanic available and that yeah. you've done all this work prior. Like, so that, you know, yeah. That's all very good for sure. But um, I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Women, I think, in just in general, feel uh, and they should feel more empowered than they used to to be able to speak up and use their voice. Where, you know, in the past, if we're going back to like my grandparents age, for sure, that it was like, you know, most of the time you right, the woman would just kind of suck it up and let stuff go. And uh, that's that's definitely changed. But I understand the question. Uh, with my first foster kid placement that we had, she was 12 years old. And I went into her. I mean, obviously, when you get a foster kid that is especially not like an infant or a baby, that they've had time to be abused or mis sure. you know neglected they're gonna come with baggage you know that going in right uh and i went into their issues with my first foster child very naive and very unready for what was to come and uh i really did have a mindset going into this that like you know what i can love i can love this out of her i can give her so much love that it, it, she's gonna want to do better in life and she's gonna finally feel protected and loved and that it'll come together and i found that out not to be true i mean you just cannot do it we were in therapy together with her she was going through therapy by herself but it was a situation that uh for best for all parties and not my choice but it turned out that best for all parties uh she needed a different situation in her life uh it was not going to work and yes. But was the was the kid really embracing therapy, first of all? And by the way, throwing abuse on this makes it all harder and more complicated and all that. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, yeah. was she embracing therapy? Because that's, as I've said, that's step number one. 
whether you're a kid, an adult, whatever. Uh, I think I think that uh, as much as an eleven or twelve year old can, you know, uh, yeah. and uh, uh, so yeah. I mean, well, and much- listen, that kid you were dealing with, that, that, that poor kid has a lifetime of therapy coming their way. So yeah, yes. Yeah, but yeah. are they better off with no therapy or with a lifetime of therapy and slow? Oh, I think that they should be in therapy for sure. I'm, this right. is not a thing to therapy. This is just uh, I had. You said uh, when you were talking about you and your relationship that you saw so much good there i did as well yeah yeah and i and i really had this picture in the back of my mind that i would be able to love 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 the crap out of her you know um and then it would all somehow work out love would be the most important thing which i feel that way with a lot of different things but when you're dealing with psychological issues that's not that's not the case no, no. Listen, you and I are, are good-hearted people, and we uh, we assume the best, and we want to believe in love and all that stuff. Um, you know, my ex, uh, we were Beatles fans, and we saw the Beatles love show in Vegas, and, uh, you know, that was a all you need is love as a recurring theme that we used to bring up. And one of the right. last things I said to my ex was, so I guess those Beatles are full of shit, huh? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> all you need is love, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I will stand by. If you are in a relationship that is a, a mainly solid relationship, but you have issues like all people do, that couples therapy can be a good thing. It, it sure. can fix fixable problems. I will contend that I would not be divorced if you know if Jamie and I had started couples therapy years ago. You know, we had made a promise to each other that we would never give up on this relationship without at least one last you know go with couples therapy and. And she waited too long, you know. We we did a year right. of couples therapy because of that pledge, but it it, it was it was years too late. Um, and I I didn't want to make that mistake in, in my next relationship. I could see red flags. I could see the the bad arguments, and I thought, let's be smart about this. Let's get into therapy now. Headed off at the pass, right, Tonto? Turns out I got shot in the fucking head by the Lone Ranger. <laughs> Yeah. That's a pretty clever reference I just did there, actually. Tonto, Lone Ranger, because she's so solo and all that. Give yourself a little pat on the back, (laughs) Steve. Jeez. Where does it come from? Thanks, Steve. Uh, You're welcome. So, So anyways, uh, yeah, I I had a good uh, anesthetized Christmas. Uh, Nick, you called me last night at uh, like 1030, which I assumed there must be some sort of off-air emergency or something, so... I, uh, I know I, you're staying up later these days, and I don't have anyone to bother, you know. Sure. Uh, so I give you a call. It's a little later. We texted throughout the day a couple of times. Oh, no, by no, the way, sure. I can't forget about this, Steve. Yes. I hope I'm not breaking any privacy, but your son texted me. Oh, I did not know that. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's an innocuous text. <laughs> Is it okay to read to you guys? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, Christmas Eve, 5. I don't think I'll remember tomorrow, so I'll say it now. Merry early Christmas. I hope you and Aunt Rachel have a great rest of your day and an even better tomorrow. By the way, congratulations on the success of the vocal minority. Merry Christmas to all. All a good night. Wow. My 13-year-old son said that to you, huh? (laughs) Wow, that is impressive. Oh, now you are a champion. He is a champion, dude. Uh, Crosby's been reaching out to me on holidays. I mean, we usually talk, you know, just to text, and uh, yeah, that's become a pattern, and I was delighted to receive his text yesterday, or uh, Christmas Eve. So. Well, that's very cool. I'm glad uh, glad you reached out, and um, yeah, the kids love and adore you, so uh, you've done well there. 
I don't know yeah. anybody that doesn't love love and adore Nick. Right. Oh, that's nice for you to see. And, and, and if they don't, then there's something seriously wrong with them. Hey, your uh, your mic just got quiet. I don't know why. If you're not talking into it or turning up a notch. Mine did. Yeah. Yeah, the level went down a little bit. That's odd. That's what happens if you don't wear headphones. You're not cognizant of the uh, the volume level. <laughs> Nick doesn't want to mess his hair up for the show. So we well, Nick, Nick, Nick's doing his best uh, Dr. Johnny Fever. Right. Yeah, that's right. He never no, used headphones. No, no headphones. You no, you're better now. Don't mess your hair up for my benefit. Don't. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, I see what you're doing. That's good. Oh, oh, oh Nick have been being this fly trap. I don't know. Mm. I'll take either. Yeah. My point is, uh, Nick called me at 1030 last night, and I was in a fucking coma at that point. I was uh, 100 hurt, plus dude. milligrams worth of uh, THC in. I was four cocktails, multiple vape hits. At that point, I, I finished my day of crappy movie marathons. I watched nothing good. Um, and I, I went up and I was in bed. I think I was watching Fast and the Furious 17 or whatever. Oh, and uh, I totally fell asleep. <laughs> I mean, I started drinking tequila at 10 a.m. So I was amazed that by 10 p.m. I would even be conscious. And turns out I wasn't. I fell asleep. But Nick called. And I just remember my voice was just like, ah. it, was like what? it was, dude. I thought something was going on. He was like, oh. I was like, hey, dude, you all right? Yeah. yeah vaping. They fell have, asleep uh, on the couch. Yeah. It, it affects you. So. No, I was in bed at that point, me and my kitty cat, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was passed out. Normally, I would try to, uh, you know, fake that I was a wide awake, but I just told Nick, like, I think I fell asleep. I gotta, <laughs> I'm, just, I'll talk, I'm fine. I survived the day. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. So. Talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. Well, good. You pulled it off, dude, and uh, you had a year of great memories. Uh, Stephen has, <laughs> listen, dude. Sorry, what? Get your shit right. All right. That's yeah, what I want to tell you. Worst fucking year of my life, I think. I mean, I don't want to challenge the universe, but. Yeah, don't challenge the universe. The worst year of your life. I'm talking just about Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. I great. thought you said yeah. a year of memories. Sorry. So. No, no, no. An evening of memories. You uh, you have the tradition of making pizzas. All make your own pizzas, which uh, you posted some photos of, and it looked nice. Yeah. So. It's the only uh, skill set I have making pizzas from years of cottage in. So that became a tradition, uh, Christmas Eve of making pizzas. And my son actually brought it up to me, like, we're going to keep doing that, right? Yeah. There yes, you go. Oh, You've got your own traditions. I saw something this morning that I was reading, and it was talking about um, the way that your parents impart tradition on you throughout your life. Like, the things that you are doing now are some of them are new but some of them are the things that your parents did when you were a child uh and that the things you're doing now you're imparting on your kid i mean there's a good chance that crosby and neo make pizzas on christmas eve they'll i'm sure crosby will read that story i'm sure neo will read the story dude and uh so yeah you're giving them more than gifts you're giving them a lifetime of tradition love care well, I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm trying. We'll see what sticks. We'll see what doesn't. Yeah. My, my therapist had cautioned me that, um, you know, there's some traditions that mean a lot to the parents that don't mean anything to the kids. So, do what you think is right. Some of it will stick. Some of it won't. And um, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Funny dude that when uh, Rachel and I got together uh, shortly after we had her dad died like as we were while we were dating so she lost her father and then when we had been together maybe another year and a half her mom died oh by the way it's her dad's 
birthday today. So happy birthday, Eddie. I will say that. Uh, but she had no parents. So she would go over to my house uh, with my family for Christmas, Thanksgiving, all that stuff. It was a couple of years in where she told me, like, you don't understand. Like, uh, you know, it's I have a fine time doing all the stuff that we do with your family and stuff like that. But none of my family's traditions are laced into my holidays anymore because my parents are gone. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we started we started intertwining some of her traditions into what we were doing and it's made the world made a world of dif- difference. So, so those uh, traditions live long and fast, dude. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. So if if I may ask what were some of the new things that you brought into what you were doing? Uh, easy ones for me to think about, uh, just right off the top of my head were like for Thanksgiving, uh, some of the dishes we did were different. Uh, her parents made, you know, particular things on every Thanksgiving. So we added some of those into our meals. Okay. Uh, Christmas is a big one. She gets a, uh, stocking and it's always got an orange in it. And what are those, uh, golden chocolate coins? You know, I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, she always had those in her stocking. So now it's my responsibility to fill her stocking like she used to get. And it means the world to her. Um, uh, her dad used to give her a snow globe from somewhere around the world. And, uh, it was kind of a cool father daughter thing. She always looked forward to him. So my mom has kind of taken over that tradition of giving her the snow globe and stuff like that. So just some of that stuff that helps her think about her parents and, you know, some of the fun she had growing up and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. I will say my, uh, my son, uh, my son got to me on, uh, I think it was two days before Christmas. He, uh, yeah, he made me cry. So I, um, I, I told a lot of that lately, dude. Oh, too much. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> it's good to let it out. Uh, I suppose. But um I told you guys I didn't know if anyone was gonna buy me any presents or anything because, you know, that was always the responsibility of the other person in my life. And sure. Um amongst many things that have gone missing in my life, um, was my Christmas stocking I uh, discovered. So I had um I had my two kids' stockings hanging on my fireplace. And a couple of days before Christmas, Crosby says, like, you know, where's your stocking, Dad? And I said, uh, eh, it's gone. Like, but you know, Santa is here to fill your guys' stockings. I don't need one. And he said, like, I want you to go get a stocking. He said, um, I, um, he said, I know it was her responsibility to fill it before, but I'm going to take that over. I'm going to make sure you have a stocking. Good on him, dude. He, that little man has the, a great heart. Like he really cares about people in general, obviously his father and, you know, but he cares about people in general. That's a nice thing for him to think about. He does. So it was all good. So, Anyways, through that, uh, do we have any New Year's Eve plans of notes? Anything fun going on this week? Should I make my commitment live on the air that I've made to myself? I mean, so I'll be held accountable. So my brother and I decided while I was in Omaha... January 2. I'm not starting on the 1st, right? Cuz I'm not uh it includes losing weight and drinking less and smoking less. All the all the things I love in life. Right, sure. Uh, <laughs> I will be doing less. My brother and I have some sort of a, a competition going on starting January 2 where oh, weekly yeah. we'll be doing uh battling back and forth for who drank less, who lost the most poundage in the week and uh yeah, so we're going to see where that goes. Hi. Makes me a little nervous for you. 
Why do you say that, dude? Do you think I can't beat him? Well, in New Year's resolutions, people tend to pile a whole bunch of stuff on, and they use January as the uh, sort of arbitrary, you know, ready set. Sure. Thing. Yeah. Um, but to hear you stack multiple things, like eating better, drinking less, like you just said, like all the fun things. I'm just in one week going to start canceling them all. Oh, I'm not canceling. I'm just cutting back. First of all, we, we can do whatever we want. Right. Uh, but I am, uh, listen, the weight thing has been an issue for a while now. And uh, it's I'd gotten to the point. I'd rather pick one topic, but, but okay. So I don't, drink, I, I don't drink enough to to make that one. I, I can cut back on my drinks. It doesn't, I don't, I don't crave drinking, you know. Uh, Are those the only I, two things? We're not throwing pot and sex, uh, no, video games, no, good music? No, just okay. those, dude. And it's mainly the eating. My brother uh, tends to drink more than I do, uh, and I think that it's a contributor to him being overweight. I think that, you know, because a lot of people have that sugar and then you get a little buzz on and want to, uh, you know, mouse some food late at night. I do, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's more of a weight loss thing, and I've been making some excuses for a while, so it's it's not necessarily a New Year's resolution. It just happens to fall on January 2nd. So. And how are we doing this? Just straight up drinks versus drinks and pounds lost versus pounds lost? Uh, it's just pounds lost. I mean, I'm not going to monitor his drinking. I don't think he'll monitor mine, but at the uh, when you step on the scale, I think it'll tell if we've been drinking less. Okay. And, so really, it's a weight loss challenge. You're just saying if you drink a little less, too, that may help the weight. It was his goal to drink a little less. And I piled on and said, I will do that with you. You know, more just for moral support. You okay. know? Yeah, so. But you don't drink much. So it's like telling a heroin addict, I'll, I'll do the heroin challenge, too. I'll do less heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I drink, dude, but I'll have a cocktail, maybe uh, one to his two, you know. So you got this yeah. one in the bag. Yeah, <laughs> I got this one in the bag, dude. I'm not worried about it. I did tell him, I said, you know what? To make it more fair, I'll try and smoke less. And uh, uh, yeah. I'll try. Tobacco? <laughs> I mean, exactly. It doesn't mean I'll, do, I'll succeed, but uh, I'll try. Are you I doing anything fun on. for New Year's, though? That's, uh, I, I appreciate the challenge of that, but are you, you got any New Year's Eve plans? Uh, no, I mean, maybe, uh, Rachel and I talked about going to the casino on Friday, uh, which is not new year's Eve. Uh, I felt weird about being there on new year's Eve and drinking a whole bunch and then trying to get home. So sure. I thought, let's go on Friday and I'll drink too much and try and get home. Right. <laughs> They won't be yeah. out Friday night. So. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're kicking a couple of ideas around of just, you know, dinner in or whatever, you know. We might make my mom a steak or something on New Year's Eve. Or I, We haven't decided. Nothing solid. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce, yeah. Well, uh, normally I'm in Vegas for New Year's uh, to see friend of the show, Doug Stanhope, do his uh, uh, yearly uh, show on New Year's Eve at the Plaza Hotel. In downtown Las Vegas, but uh, this year I am not doing that, and I'm just going to be working. Actually, making some money. Any specific reason you decided to bow out this uh, year? Well, the, this year, just you know, I just need need to stay home and you know get some bills paid and and that sort of thing. And sure, yeah, you know, that's going to be a good so. money making night. I bet you'll have some good stories of New Year's Eve driving around shenanigans. And, and I've I've done it in the past. My first year driving for Uber, I did it, and as soon as midnight hit, my phone 
blew up like you blew would not up. believe like yeah. one one ride after another and all you do is you just keep accepting rides while you're picking people up and then it, and then you just keep busy the entire night yeah, as soon but... as midnight hits and i i'll drive probably till six seven in the morning easy do you uh keep a barf bucket in your car on new <laughs> year's eve do you keep sawdust in your car <laughs> to throw on the puke <laughs> no i know but i've only ever had one puker in my car and that was recently and she actually swore to me that she wasn't going to get sick in my car and uh she <sighs> threw her body practically out the window of my car moving car a moving I guess, <laughs> moving moving car her waist uh her pelvic area on my window um on the window frame and sticking her and her body's out and she's puking as i'm driving <laughs> i'd stick a couple of trash bags or something just you know like uh, maybe see if you can order a few amazon well, uh, airline puke bags or something and well it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because if you're an uber driver there is a code that you can use with Amazon and you can get um, airline sickness bags in a very large like case container uh, and, and they give you a, a discount on it. Nice. Yeah. I, I would have got you those for Christmas. Too. <laughs> yeah. That's a great gift. Nice. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, fortunately the, the car I drive for Uber now it's, uh, it's leather seats, and I've got oh, those. Helps. And but I also have on the floor, you know, those um, WeatherTech mats. Oh yeah, the 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 tray ones. So yep. my floor, my floors are covered in those things too. So um, yeah, you're set. All right. I don't know. We'll 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 see. But I'm I'm just famous last words. We'll see what stories uh, you have a week from now. So. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll 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 see. We'll see. But uh, right I'm hoping I don't I don't have any major issues. There's a great Reddit group where it's all Uber drivers, uh, an Uber driver group. And yeah. one, one guy posted a, a thing recently where he said, I went a whole year, a whole year, that part in all capital letters, without any pukers. And I had two in the same week. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then it he, rains and pours. And he built, but then he posted pictures from oh. the inside of his car. Oh, my God. It was it was bad. Nice. Like it was really bad. <laughs> I just I think when people you. puke in your car, you know, they get it in your air vents and it dries inside there. And I mean, it could be messy, dude. Oh, that stink lingers like a skunk. So, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, good and, luck and, to you. And, well, the other thing too is is that you know it's like a, it's not my daily driver. My daily driver has cloth seats and and that sort of thing. And so that's why I bought this car in the first place. Is that if somebody gets sick in there. Well, first of all, they get charged two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, they if, do. There is a cleanup fee. Oh, there is two hundred fifty dollars. Nice. And that's, that's do we all consent to that in the random legalese when you hit the ride? Pretty much, yes. Yeah. And then, and then, but a lot of drivers are like, "Oh, that's not enough money to clean the smell out." What those drivers don't tell you is they don't take their car to go get it professionally detailed. Of course they, not. Clean it they, yourself and pocket the money, right? Yeah, exactly. Not me. I'm not going to. If I get a, a puker in my car, I'm using the money to get a detailer to get in there with a steamer and right. steam all that shit out of my car. Well, but then that means, though, if you get one puker, hopefully you just get a bunch in one night because you got you can only clean the car once, right? 
but you could make thousands in puke fees. <laughs> I guess, but I, I'd rather It'll not kill get his rating. I'd It'll rather kill not your have rating. Them. Everyone will be like, uh, one star. That guy's fucking car stinks, dude. Hey, wait, shit wait. all over the seat. Well, but if someone pukes at midnight, you're not going to go get the thing detailed at midnight. No, you're going to drive no. around all night like that. So. But I, but I mean, so my rating is actually at a four nine seven. Good as a driver you, dude. that's great out of five I, damn yeah man. yeah and i just i just surpassed platinum level which is one step below the highest level you can get as an uber driver and like two weeks wow. ago i hit five thousand rides wow. champion Indeed. <laughs> nice. yeah. well so, Brucey, uh we are sending positive vibes not only that you make a lot of money but that you will uh stay safe out there on the uh, roads with all the drunkards Right. Yeah, exactly. My sister bought me this flashlight for my car for Christmas, and I, I told her that unfortunately it wasn't the flashlight I wanted because I bought a, a Maglite knockoff years ago. Yeah. Um, in part because it's really bright, but secondly because those Maglites are those cop flashlights. Sure, you can that hit somebody, somebody upside the head with that. Bad exactly. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you doing it too, Brisky. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when she gave you a flashlight, I was like, Becky, I wanted a flashlight, not a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> that Boston uh, accent, it gets confusing. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you what, though. You know, I'm oh, hoping please. one day some 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 special lady will buy me one of those. Yeah. I'm hoping someday some Uber, some beautiful uh, woman is like, I don't have any money. How can I pay for my ride? (laughs) (laughs) I think there's porns that have that theme, right? Right. Gas for ass, right? I I never told you guys. I actually hooked up with some passengers once. You did? Yeah, a couple, actually. The husband. Long time ago or recently? This was before. This was pre COVID, actually. Just, right. Yeah, just before COVID, actually, it happened. You mentioned a husband. Where's the story going? They were just in the car, and they were all over each other. And then, you know, the husband starts saying, you know, hey, isn't she hot? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's completely hot. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm wondering, I'm going to say, no, your wife's ugly, you know? Sure. I mean, no, you're being polite. That's good of you. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, then. And so then the, we get to their destination, and they're like, uh, the talking for a second, and I think they're gonna like give me cash as a tip. Yeah. And then they were, and they were like, "Hey, you want to come in for a little bit?" And I was just like, <laughs> "It's one thirty in the morning. I'm in the suburbs, like way suburbs of Boston. Bad part of town, or okay? No, no. This is this is like McMansion territory. Oh, oh okay." Yeah, 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 yeah. And this so is they invited you in for a threesome? They did. Dude. And you had you... it? I did. <laughs> oh, dude. How, is... how 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 does this keep how many threesomes have you had in your career, do you think? Uh... and I don't mean career Uber, I mean your life. No. <laughs> you know? Maybe five. Maybe five. Really? Yeah. You give off the vibe of much more than that with this, some of these stories we've heard of late. No, not, not, listen, that's thirty-five in dog years, dude. I mean, so this, quite a few. Been, there, there are other times where, where I've been invited to do certain people things. People total, so yeah. Uh, well, other been, times you've been invited said, for what? Where I've been invited for certain things, and I'm just kind of like, nah, no, thank you. Not feeling it. Was uh, was the whoa, 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 whoa. invited for what? What do you mean? Threesomes. He's turned uh, like threesomes I, down before. Like I've, I like I knew this couple that um this is i might have been 25 at the time and they were an older couple and um so things started kind of happening between us uh, between me and the wife and uh, we're at this this 
this club and that sort of thing. And it was, you know, a fantasy fetish club. And then um, let's just say that I went poking around and then my hand came out from where I was poking around and it was um, malodorous. Mm. And I just, I was, no. <laughs> no, it was the other oh, Poking around the other side, sorry. No, that was the front, it was front, <laughs> it was front door. Okay. And, yeah. it, and it was, oh my God. Yeah. Like, like, like it was just like, like I had to go to the bathroom and like just like scrub my my hand down. Wow. I knew so there was like, something fishy about what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my drinking hand too, so I wasn't going to be able to like drink the rest uh, of the night. Uh, <laughs> sure. So, but then, but then wow. a couple of times where, where things just aren't right, and you just kind of yes. like, you know. Well, dude, uh, you've you've lived a porn a couple of times. I mean, that's pretty impressive. They invited the Uber driver in. Ah, jeez. Yeah, and then and then at the McMansion neighborhood. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, and she and think she was a lot of fun. She was attractive, older lady. I would probably say maybe mid fifties, mid to late fifties. Okay, technically, um, you were a prostitute that night because you were on the clock for Uber. That's okay. I can. Uh, I'll do that. <laughs> okay. Did they, that. Is uh, that in the fine print too? I'm signing away. <laughs> Tip for threesomes. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, and the, the husband just really wanted to watch. Oh, and, and he wanted people into that. Apparently, yeah, he just he just wanted to. But he was at one point he was actually laying down next to her, and he was like he was kissing her neck and kissing her ear, and I'm just like hammering away and that sort of thing. And she's oh. and she, yeah, and he was like touching her, and and she totally dug it because I'll tell you what, she was like like a vice grip. <laughs> what like kegels uh yes wow yeah yeah like and the more that he was kissing her and touching her and like talking to her and everything like that she would like like at points she would like grip on and like really wow like, yeah did Bruce yeah. leave you a good review for uber at the end of the night i hope I, you know that, that I never went and looked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't he? Didn't care about that. <laughs> no. Oh, they they they, they, they did. They did tip me uh, on the app though, which was good too. Above yeah. and beyond the Call of Duty kind of tip, I hope. It was like a ten dollar tip. You know? <laughs> I mean, they already tipped him enough. I mean, well, I yeah. say, maybe he thought like I gave him my wife. What else? <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. You know, but um, but other than that, it, it doesn't happen. I mean, I mean, every so often I've had like. Drunk chicks in the back, like flash their tits at you and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, it's you know. Although one chick went to flash her tits, and um, I thought she was gonna have to roll them up first before she could flash them to me. Oh gosh, dude, that makes me so sick to my stomach, and that's the truth, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you. Come on. She was kind of like a, a biker old lady kind of thing, you know. Yes, dude. Uh, let me tell you this, all right? And I don't mean to be rude, but I'm going to be rude here. If you don't have, I have turned down sexual escapades when a woman has taken her shirt off before. I've walked out of the room. I just couldn't do it because her <laughs> tits were too small or her tits you... were. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you're, I can't you're get out. down and dirty with a woman. She takes your shirt off and you're just like, nope, subpar. I'm out of here. Twice. <laughs> two different times. I've too done small, that. too dangly. What What was the uh, it, both of them were too small, but I would do it for dangly. Like if I if you have to if you are able to roll your tits up, I'll walk out of the room for sure. Uh, small. But, so some eight, you know, a cup you discriminated against. 
Yeah, these were, I don't oh. know if they're even A cups, dude. They were just like, uh, and I should have known, but I was just hoping she'd leave her shirt on. I'm okay with that. But if I see, if you look like a man, dude, and it's just nipple, oh yeah, I have a really hard time with it. And I know that there's people who are into itty bitty titty committee, dude, and I'm fine with that. But it's not what. Well, when I was an unmarried out. man, it's not for me, dude. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just you can't. Couldn't, you couldn't tell ahead of time they were flat chested. Again, I could, but I was just hoping they'd leave their shirt on. I, you know, <laughs> I, I just thought you to leave wow. your shirt on, I won't have an issue with this. But if I see that, I know I'm going to leave. I, okay. I know I'm going to leave. You're like the guy that's like you're kind of ugly. So as long as you put a bag on your head, I'll still. Put <laughs> I mean, you know, right? Right? You got no titties, so leave a shirt on, and I'll still turn you around. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that's... you've got standards. I hope you understand. You destroyed those women. I I didn't make it obvious. I wasn't like, oh, man, I'm out of here. I used some sort of excuse both times to be like, oh, you know, like I'm about to throw up or, you know, I left with class. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, okay. That's impressive. Can't do it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, okay. Um, I uh, I do have a date for New Year's Eve, so I guess that's my. Uh, oh, my, you do. Yeah. Is it uh, Valley Girl or new? No, Valley Girl. Um, right. Listen, I, I'm supposed to be meeting the radio fan tomorrow, but I'll believe it when I see it. I've just had so many women cancel on me, yep. including her. So I'll uh, I'll we'll see what happens with that if it comes through in general. But uh, but no, the uh, the Valley Girl's got near Z free. Her uh, buddy is uh, occupying the uh, her child for the night. I don't have any of my kids that weekend, so uh, so yeah. I don't know what we're gonna do. That's a big problem. Um, uh, is it just back to the harness household again, or are you going to go do uh, something? Go do something. Here's the catch-22 I'm in. Um, first of all, she was like, oh, my gosh, like I haven't been out on New Year's Eve since you know before I was a mom. Like, oh, good, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, so that's seven years, but, yeah? Yeah, yeah, at least. Wow. Um, so here's the thing. like, I live in Lake Tahoe. This is New Year's Eve Central. I mean, there's sure. all sorts of parties going on, but there's two problems with that. One, we have a big snowstorm that night. So that's going to complicate things, being out and about. But two, it's New Year's Eve Central. There's a million people up here. Every restaurant sure. is sold out. It's elbow to elbow in the casinos. Like it's, it's something that in my 20s I used to go out and do. But in this stage of life, I honestly have no desire to be down in the casinos on New Year's Eve. But I also don't want to mm. underperform for this woman who hasn't been out on New Year's Eve in forever. And the last time she was here, we just had a drunken sexcapade at home. So that's essentially what New Year's Eve would be. So I'm not trying to just fall into a rut here, even though it's a good rut. Um, so I don't know. I'm probably leaning towards some sort of dinner you know, earlier in the evening. So we're out and about, but then getting away from the casinos anywhere near midnight. Listen, Steve, you're, why, uh, you're a local celebrity. You're a local celebrity, Steve. Well, why don't you kind of reach out to some folks that you know and, you know, get it so that you're not in a crowded place, but maybe you're doing something special. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the very least, uh, that's similar to what I was thinking, Brewski, is like get a trade at a hotel so you can be down at the casino and then just go up and enjoy yourself uh, in your room. Here's the problem with the trades and all that stuff. Like, yes, I have connections for almost everything around here. However, there's an unspoken rule that will be spoken if you violate it. 
New Year's Eve, I can't call in a favor for a hotel room. Those hotels are sold out. And even if they're not, those rooms are going for the most expensive rate of the entire year. So some drunk fool is going to rent some last empty room without, you know, night. So I don't know. about the Pinecone Inn or something like that? Uh, Dude, I'm telling you, everything is sold out. So I was thinking more on the restaurant. Nor do I have connections with these smaller, shittier hotels. Like, I have connections with the casinos. I was thinking more more of like getting a reservation at the restaurant, like at a nice restaurant. Like you could call in and say, you know, I know you guys might be kind of tight yeah. and that sort of thing. Can I get a reservation and that sort of thing? That's what I was more thinking, not the room part of it. Yeah. Listen, I would love to get a room and just stay in the casinos, but that's not happening. Yeah. Um, and I pay out my ass for this house here in Lake Tahoe, so I might as well yeah. take advantage of it. Um, but like the reservation thing, I might be able to pull that off. So yeah. I'm leaning towards some sort of dinner out and drinks, but then yeah. get home before it gets, you know, totally crazy. Take her uh, to so- excuses, dude. <laughs> yeah, thanks. What's that? What's wrong with that? Scoos is where I went and celebrated my proposal a year ago. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Well, that'd be it's a good the only way to, time I've been to Scoos's. So no, be a good way to wipe it clean, dude. Is this right. is this like a is this like a really nice nice place? It's uh, an Italian obviously. place that Steve didn't eat at for years, and I would eat there. Uh, well, I ate there twice, and uh, when uh, Steve was out of town, but he never went. Never went. Finally, I didn't know you did it on your proposal night. Yeah, the only time I ever went was the night uh, Christmas night year ago where i got engaged and we went to celebrate at this great restaurant and by the way phenomenal your reviews are correct it's one of the best meals i've had i mean their fucking food was so good yeah but, it's almost yeah. an old school italian place brisky real top notch uh, great food everything else so i'm looking yeah. at it right now actually look at like that. i said earlier in the show i convoluted all of these things with my engagement that are now just have a taint on them and not the good kind of taint um, so no, I won't be going to Scusas, but um, I'll figure out some place to go. But all like Cafe Fiori. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love. It. Yeah, what what else you got? What what's your Yelp's review showing here for Tom? Oh, I'm looking at Hunan Garden. That looks kind of good. Mm, yes, if you like felines, yes. <laughs> what about drunken? Monkeys? That's racist, dude. Come on. Well, they got shut down like a year and a half ago for uh, egregious health code violations. So I used to eat in Hunan all the time. Um, it's one of my favorite Chinese restaurants, but I don't know if it's Kitty Cat, but they were doing something terrible in the restaurant, in the in the kitchen that got them shut down indefinitely. Oh, are indefinitely. You, are you a sushi? They're eater reopen or? now, but it uh, you know it took them a while. I do love sushi, but we're, we've got another problem too that I don't want to be too verbose about. But um, yeah, I did sell a kidney to buy everybody Christmas gifts, so um, the 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 reservoir is a little thin for New Year's Eve celebration. Sure, I so get it. Yeah, I'm not looking to go do sushi on New Year's Eve, and you know that'll be a few hundred dollars right there. So. Dude, you should just do dinner at your place and then go out for a little while. And and uh, is there a show or something you can go to? Something that's entertainment worthy, and then go back to your place and you know do the countdown. Maybe watch Mark Maybe, yeah, Just getting anywhere near those casinos <laughs> is is chaotic to say the least on New Year's Eve. She's I mean, gonna we're want talking that, don't you think? What's that? She's gonna want that, don't you think? Uh, it's the, it, it's it's whatever I make the night. You know, she's made it clear like don't do anything crazy for me and blah blah blah. But so I don't know. Mm-hmm. The correct answer is stay the fuck away from the party central end of this town on New Year's Eve. So we'll 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 see. Like I said, I'm not trying to be too lame, but I think the right answer is probably go out and do some sort of nice dinner somewhere, nothing yeah. too over the top, and then get get on home. 
yeah. have the drinks here and whatnot. And like I said, snowstorm too that night. Like that's not making anything any easier. So yeah, that's a rough one. So so whatever. Well, well, uh, it's a good problem to have. I'm glad I have a date for New Year's Eve. We'll have a nice evening one way or the other, and um, uh, you know, go from there. It's wonderful. Hopefully, it's a wonderful world. <laughs> wonderful life. You know, have a good time, dude. Well, good. I'm glad you got some plans there. Uh, I'm a little down on this Tuesday date tomorrow. It's another br- Tuesday midweek brunch deal that uh, I don't know if it's going to pan out for you or not, dude. Yeah. Pan if out it as far as is she'll cancel or just yes. Yeah. Oh, or it's just going to be a very awkward midweek brunch. Uh, if she cancels, are you done with her? Yeah, sure. All right. I mean, for the I don't, part, I don't yeah. blame you. <laughs> for the most part, I'm not going to really solidify it. But I've got a few people on my list of like, eh, if you ever call, like maybe we'll get together. But sure. you know, she's going off the top three if she cancels on this one. Right. I have a theory, though, right now as to why she's pulling for brunches. Why? My theory is she has a big drinking problem. Ah, really? two, two reasons I say that. One, she's bending over backwards to make sure alcohol is involved in the state somehow. Um, you'd like her to bend over backwards as well, dude. Right, and if that takes alcohol, then sure, whatever. Uh, Bend over forwards is better, actually. Backwards, that'd be kind of weird. But I could take advantage, so. Um, (laughs) You can figure something out. Right. I texted this woman the other night at like 7 or 8 o'clock at night and was just immediate reply, and she starts sending me pictures and pictures and like just talking and talking and talking. I'm like, are you drunk right now? Like, it sort of felt that way to me. Are you on Coke right now? Maybe. I mean, who knows? So my theory is she wants to meet during the day because, like, she isn't binge drinking yet. So she'll have some level of sobriety <laughs> to gauge. But hmm. skipping me projecting my own issues on things, too. So who knows? But whatever. Honestly, we have snow tomorrow, too. So driving during the day, like, that's better for me. So it's working out to my advantage. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't be- you know, I don't believe it until I see it. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, if she is going to cancel, make it the night before, or at least at the very least, don't make it, you know, 10 minutes before I'm supposed to meet you. So I've driven down and that'd be ideal. I told her to stay healthy. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, good luck with that, dude. Yeah, we'll see. In a way, I don't care as much anymore. Um, and that's a good thing. Like there's a little less yeah. pressure on the whole thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. of course. Same, same shenanigans with the professor. You know, we were supposed to meet a week or so ago. She got sick. Date got canceled. Uh, now it's, you know, I'm gone until New Year's. I've got conferences in January. Like, okay, I'm around. <laughs> you know, so we'll, we'll see if that ever happens or not. Yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm dating a very nice lady and we're going to go do New Year's Eve together and we're going to live in the here and now and see where anything does or doesn't go. Yeah. And that's all I know what to do. Good for you, dude. Still on hinge? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that app is as dead as dead. Although, I got a new one who I swear to God, she's a Russian spy or something. (laughs) I'm playing it through. This woman looks like the all American girl next door who also is a Muslim wearing a hijab or hijab or whatever the the bird. Hijab? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did this Americana girl end up a Muslim as an adult? Her whole dating profile, she refuses to answer any of the questions. It's all just dot, dot, dot. Yeah, no. (laughs) But she reached out to me. So I'm like, all right, I'll play the game here. And so I replied back, like, something like I asked her some question. And she replied back in borderline gibberish. I'm I'm thinking, like, all right, Russian spy again, but I like to play these games. So I wrote back and was like, you know, is English your first language? Like, your response is gibberish, and you're not answering my questions. You're not answering Inge's questions. 
she sends me a voice reply because you can do that on Hinge. You can record a little voice memo and send uh, it back. Uh-huh. And I mean, she speaks perfect English. There's no accent of any kind. And she's just like, I hate these apps. I hate messaging. I don't want to answer questions. But that's what sounds, sounds like a real prize, that's, dude. That's how you use these apps, though. If you want Thank to be you. successful on them, yeah, you, you have to play the game. But now I feel like okay, I got to see what's going on with this woman. So I send her a voice message back saying, <laughs> "Okay, like you're gonna have a hard time meeting people on these apps since it's all messaging and you don't seem to want to answer questions. So why did you reach out to me exactly? So we'll we'll see where that goes. See, it would wow. be a great relationship. Uh, and good morning, honey. I don't I feel like answering any questions. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Not for your questions. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? And then Nick knows a few weeks back, the female version of me reached out to me, like this 40-something-year-old guitar-playing, red-flannel, shirt-wearing grunge chick that lives on the North Shore of Lake Tahoe. And I was like, whoa, it's the girl me. Like, sure, I'll see and- you. Nothing. And he got a boner real fast, dude. (laughs) I replied to her of like, hey, you know, I'm flattered. I see you play guitar. Like, where do you play gigs around here? Eh, no reply. So this app is just, I don't know if it's the holiday thing or what's going on, but I'm about ready to cancel it for my next cycle. Maybe maybe that that, uh, flannel lady will come in and sweep you off your feet. Well, it'd be nice if she can message, too. I don't understand these women that (laughs) don't want to message on messaging dating apps. I know. Go hang out at Starbucks, then, and hope for the best, so. Yeah, well, maybe that's what's going on. Well, I'm glad you have plans. Brewski makes a ton of money. Everyone stay safe. It'll be a fantastic New Year's Eve. Indeed. Uh, By the way, we've got a few uh, new listeners worth pointing out this past week here. Um, Find us on all the social medias. Uh, I will say uh, Facebook has been nice to us this week. Facebook. I just I noticed this trend, man. When there are holiday weekends and downtimes, I guess all the old farts that are on Facebook, like us, they just get on there and start strolling. Strolling (laughs) out. A bunch of our videos got a few, you know, a few hundred extra views. Like videos that were months old, all of a sudden were popping up on the on the notifications. But our uh, our Brewski, you and I talking about being Santa Clauses in our past. Uh, oh. That one, um, yeah, it took off on Facebook. I mean, fifteen hundred views. That's not you know record breaking for us. But you know, anything over a thousand views is uh, is noteworthy for us. So uh, so yeah. that one did well. YouTube, by the way, zero views. Like YouTube did not want to push that one at all. Oh, uh, there was so much Christmas stuff. I have no idea. But yeah. So, anyways, so um, so yeah, find us on all the social medias. Uh, you can see all of our clips and highlights there. Figure out ways to contact us. Go to the vocalminority.net. Um, so Lexington, Kentucky, came onto the show this week. Oh, uh-huh. nowhere, yeah. Kentucky. Well, that's that's, but that's that's a university town too. University mm. of Kentucky is is located there, so that's that's actually good. Yeah, I mean, I have to assume all of these people are social media ones that have seen those clips somewhere and then go see, uh, seek it out. So yeah, Lexington, yeah. Kentucky, uh, that's cool. Um, our New Haven, Connecticut. I don't know. What ah. New Haven, is that all rich white folks? What's that about? No, no, no. New New Haven is actually blue collar and really gritty. Oh really? Okay. Well, cool. Yeah, it's kind, it's kind of sometimes in certain areas really kind of dangerous, actually. Mm. <laughs> yes. I like to attract a seedy element to the show, so that's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, Aaron Hernandez, the uh, the murdering pay- football player who played for the Patriots, he was from New Haven. Oh really? Nice. Yes. Was nope. he secretly gay? 
<laughs> is he in jail or could he be listening? <laughs> oh, no, no, he's dead. He killed himself. He in killed jail. himself. Oh, that's right. And remember, Doc, Dr. Phil inter, um, uh, interviewed his girlfriend and and wanted to ask, because there were all these red flags about him, because he talked about sex a lot with his teammates, <laughs> and like like graphic stuff, too. And Dr. Hmm. Phil, Dr. Phil said to him, said to him, red flags on this show then. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like he's like, but he's asking dudes like how big their cock was and you know, all that sort of thing. And, and he kind of linger around when dudes were getting dressed and everything. And um, one time Dr. Phil asks the girlfriend during this interview, was he secretly gay? <laughs> I remember it. Uh, well, all right. We got uh, Kentucky. And, uh, we got uh, Kentucky, Connecticut, Connecticut um, uh, an exotic city, Bellevue, Washington. Oh, Bellevue, Bellevue. Yeah. Bellevue yes. Washington coming on. Nice. Uh, Seattle contingency continues to expand. So someone in Bellevue picked us up. Booyah. And then the most exotic location, and I mean this one sincerely, and I don't, I'm sure I'm going to say the name of the city wrong, but uh, Pune uh, or Poon. It's <laughs> all that's on your mind, dude. What is it really? Is it like Portland or something? <laughs> it's P-U-N-E. How do you pronounce that? In India. Pune, India. Pune, yeah. India. You're on the air. Right. It is probably Pune, I would say. So there you go. Uh, that's Pune. our second listener in India, by the way. We had uh, Mumbai come on uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, who knew? Expanding That's awesome. Worldwide, though. So. We just made Pune. You call your mom and tell her. Right. <laughs> we got into Pune all of a sudden. <laughs> Finally, it's, I got some international Pune. It's a sprawling city in western Indi- the western India state of Maharashtra. Nice. Bam, dude. We are picking it up. Well, I hope none of this insults my new Muslim girlfriend. (laughs) You never know, dude, what's going to happen with that. Why haven't we seen a picture of her? That's kind of sexy, dude. I can send you her pictures. She either looks like a straight-up Muslim or the girl next door. I really want to talk to her long enough to find out where did this come from? Why did you convert to Muslim? Why don't you tell her? Yeah, if you hate messaging on these apps, give me your phone number. Like, Let's chat it up. I'm assuming she's still a Russian spy, so I'm I'm trying to hold off on that a little bit. Do we'll do a WhatsApp. Go go on WhatsApp and talk to her. Yeah, I really don't feel like I should need encrypted apps to talk to any of these people. But uh, I, I know, but it just keeps you safe, and the, and you get some material out of her. Right. So, like, here's one picture of her. You're like, oh, Ooh. that's intimidating. Mm. Yeah, it that's is. Scary. Nice. But then, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, like, to be intimidated, dude. She yeah, actually changed her pictures. These are like all now in the hijab thing. But like, those those geez. blue eyes, man. She's just like looking down on you, like she's she's ready to do some damage she took away her girl next door picture so now i have nothing oh i mean she's got this one weird like square picture thing but i can't zoom like that's how it's cropped so you kind of see her at the bottom there but Hmm. i don't know this is this is weird where does she say she lives in tahoe uh near sacramento okay huh what I have no idea. Very interesting. Uh, she's Let not in my top I three. Can... I'm not holding out hopes for this one, but yeah, I'm just curious yeah. enough as like a uh, broadcasting type to like, I want to ask you some questions. I would like to know <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on here and how did you end up? How did you end up a Muslim? And why do you think posting every picture where all I can see are your eyes is gonna? What kind okay. of guy are you looking for? And why did you think I was it? So by the way, so a hijab just covers the head. 
what she's wearing is actually called a niqab. It's N I Q U A B. So, because that's is that the better head. or worse? Well, I mean, that's one step ending. below one step below a burqa. So that's weird. Yeah. How does the girl next door from California end up in that world? She's a Muslim, practicing Nothing Muslim. Nothing wrong man. with it per se, except for the no. fact that you're extremely sexist as a religion. But uh, besides that, and violent, but what religion isn't? So. I'm yeah, not just talking about terrorism, by the way. But. We don't know, dude. We don't know who. We don't know, dude. You're obviously. I, I'm just saying, in other countries, they execute people in soccer stadiums still. Like that's what I mean. Like it's a little more yeah. violent than your modern day Christians. And obviously, they, they're insanely sexist over there. So they 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 invite people to come in and watch these sort of things right well so, yeah did you guys uh, uh read about iran has executed their second protester now yes only second no oh, they're slacking uh well i mean there's been 488 people killed uh and like close to 20,000 detained since uh the protest started but the second one was done where they publicly hanged somebody uh on a crane and people came to watch and applaud and you know just as God would want. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, wow. I just think to myself, dude, I mean, hey, uh, look, we all get into things, but I mean, let's step back for a I'm minute. I'm into Spider-Man, right? Yeah, they're into public executions. I get it. Right, dude, let's just step back for a fucking minute and think to, to yourself, like, uh, any form of peace go into anything that you're viewing right now i mean i guess that they're saying like hey you know what we're gonna kill them so we can live in this peaceful world together but uh it's just like your new year's resolution you know if there's not some strict guidelines and punishments in place then (laughs) no one's gonna pay attention (laughs) right yeah yeah you know that's what they need, apparently. But Oof, I just can't oh. imagine, dude, the whole crane thing. Like, put the crane up. Hey, get it. Let's start selling tickets. Get people out here right away. Right. And let people show up for that shit. It's fucking crazy. Listen, I just, I just want to be clear for the audience. I'm not discriminating against Muslims. I discriminate against all religions because I think you're all fucked in the head for believing fairy tales. But <laughs> that's just me. Those of you that execute people in soccer stadiums in the year 2022 are probably slightly worse, though, <laughs> than the other. Slightly worse? Well, it's a it's a degree of separation. It's, it's Come on, dude. Slightly should not be slightly. included in there. No. It's what, not you, vastly. You're telling me how to live my life. You're telling me gay people are bad with whatever other religion. Like, that's all fucked up enough. Muslims or any other religion to take it a notch further and execute you in public. Yeah, that's definitely worse. But you're only a shade worse. It's not 50 shades. Oh, my gosh, dude. You are mangled in your brain. It's a fine line between <laughs> Somebody touched you, and you have not gotten over it, dude. Because, yeah. you know what? You believe in a form of religion without uh, uh, subscribing to it. Listen, uh, is that fair to say? A Christian or Catholic would say you're going to burn in hell for not doing what God said you should be doing. It's the Muslims true, would say we'll we'll do it for you, God. We'll just take care of that here on Earth. Catholic so, would yeah, not say that. Dude. It's a notch worse, but not that much worse. Catholic would not say that. Do you follow the Pope? Do you the, follow the new Pope? I follow him on Twitter. He's got some good memes he shares every day. It's good. He, he posts some good stuff. 
stuff on there. Listen, too. Does, does Catholicism and Christianity not tell people how to live their lives? Does it not tell you that you'll burn in hell if you don't follow no. the, the book? Well, of the well that's, 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 you're looking at it in a very black and white way. Part of Christianity. <laughs> you mean like text, black and white? Catholicism yes, and is that, you know what, that you can ask, you know what, here are some guidelines to how you should be good to people and live your life. Yes. And if you follow them, that's great. Hopefully it works out don't for you. Follow them. If you don't follow well, them, then you ask for forgiveness. Because yeah. when uh, Jesus died on the cross, he basically set it up so uh, you can throw your sins into a sea of forgiveness if you were to ask for forgiveness, dude. Yes, you have to believe in him, right? You have to believe in him just like you believe in something, but you're just noncommittal. No. If I want to repent in the Catholic Church, I have to go to a priest. I have to believe the whole system. I have to ask true. Jesus or God or whoever for forgiveness, right? Uh, well, he, yeah, yeah, but but, the, but the other, as a, as, a, as someone who grew up Catholic and and spent all my life in in the church, yeah, you go and you confess your sins, you say a couple of Hail Marys, a couple of Our Fathers, and then you're you're good, you're done. Yeah, you know, it's still part of the same game. You have to go to that God and ask okay, him for forgiveness, get, or he sends I, you to hell. Right? I, I get that, but 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 what, what what I would say is it's different than like your born again Christians who are just like there's no way to forgive you. Really, uh, you know, you're going to hell unless you live by this strict code and that sort of thing. You know, the, the, no, I get the Catholics have a better loophole at the end that you can just wait till the end of your life and ask for forgiveness on your death. No, you cannot. And you, you can drink too. Wait until the end of your life, dude. You just see, you're, not, time you're, limit. you're uninformed. You should be living your life in a way that is for towards the good of things. If you want to be. <laughs> Uh, who do you, when you fuck up? Who do you ask? Who? How do you forgive yourself and move on? Or are you just stuck in, oh, in uh, purgatory? That's an internal struggle. Uh, huh? I see. That's an internal struggle. How do you get over it? Well, therapy and uh, you know years of uh, processing what went wrong and everything else. I don't. So have to you're ask. going to someone too, right? Yeah, I'm going to myself. I'm not no, asking going to your the, therapist, the, dude. Yeah, my therapist is helping me work through it. God is apparently so a God, gatekeeper. Dude. Yeah, but he's the gatekeeper. And if you don't subscribe to his thing, you get rejected. You have to You're beg looking, him for forgiveness at the end? You don't have to beg anyone, dude. Oh, you have to ask. It's a, it's a conversation. Yeah. Oh, I have to get it's a conversation, dude. Ask it, by the way. Listen, I'll tell you this. Do you have to get on your knees in that, no. in that booth? No, dude. Hey, listen, I have not been to confession. No in, part of church is on your knees. Isn't there a thing on the pews so you can get down on your knees and pray? And all there that? is yeah, a absolutely. there is a uh, uh, a knee pad that you can get down and pray, and it is any not institution your... that provides you with knee pads is up to bad things. Okay, that's a good moral to live your life by. Okay, but why? Because you've spent a lot of your time there and know this from personal experience. I'm saying that both the Pope and Harvey Weinstein uh, provide you with knee pads to get their forgiveness, and that's just no. Let's the, keep to the topic wait, here. Dude. Whoa, 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 this does whoa, not have anything wait, to do with Weinstein, that. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein wasn't get, wasn't giving anyone forgiveness. He was actually abused. Was right. That's the point. This is part of the abuse. Get down on your knees and oh, show me you appreciate it. me. Either oh, swallow my dick. You're just being or, an ass now. You're just being no, a dumbass. This no, is so God is asking you to declare so loyalty you. to him. This is so you. I am me. So yes, I'm staying true yeah, to myself. You're, yeah, you're, I don't you're have a dumbass. Is what you want. You're I don't a fucking have to dumbass. Ask. What is going on?
just just how disrespectful and disgusting you get on these things. It's one thing to, to share your opinion on something, but but you you go and you denigrate. And, I, I don't have the fucking mental energy for this. You're goddamn okay, right. You know I'm what? Here to fuck off, fuck. All right, fuck you. I'm out of here. Brewski. What the fuck just happened? What the fuck is wrong with him? You, what are you going to do? So now I can't come on this show and express my goddamn opinions on things like religion. We can't all sit here and have a conversation. My yes. opinion is not as valid as his. Yes, your opinion is, I think, as valid you as his. You understand he just quit the show, right? Huh? Like, How am I supposed to fucking ever let him on this thing again? What the fuck was that? I don't know. He texted me. The fuck, man. I refuse to come on the show and be censored by anyone. By fucking Hillary, by my parents, by my exes, by our fucking sidekick, our co-host. You're so you. You're goddamn right I'm so fucking me. Jesus <sighs> fucking Christ. Listen, I think that... Uh, I think that... <sighs> Yes. Why? Well, he's pissed. So what do you? <laughs> well, he's pissed. Well, it was nice knowing him. So that's great. What do you mean it's nice knowing him? You're done talking to him. Well, how are we supposed to bring him back on the show again? How many therapy sessions do we have to have? How heavily do I have to censor myself for somebody on our own goddamn show? Listen, he's going off on me about my religious views. I mean, go, go fuck yourself. Uh, I think that, it, well, listen, here, this is the, this is something to think about moving forward. Two shows in a row I'm getting screamed at by our sidekick. Listen, the Metallica thing was fucking awful. This is a little bit more personal to somebody that uh, you could have your view on it, but I think he felt like you were disrespecting what his life is about. And I get it. I understand that. I... Okay, great. So I can't talk about religion on our own show anymore. You yeah, can I've got talk some pretty about strongly religion. held opinions on the topic, you know. And yeah, I do think it's fucked up that you have to ask for forgiveness or permission or whatever to go to heaven, so you don't have to go to hell. And I do make an analogy between somebody that says "get on your knees and blow me" and somebody that says "get on your knees and ask me for forgiveness," so I can dictate how your life goes. I, I do think religion is twisted and dark that way. So Brewski can't just let me have my opinion. He's going to tell me to fuck off and storm oh. off the show. Uh, you froze up there, brother, for a minute. Hold on one sec. Cause... Okay, now I got you. Can you see me? Yeah, I got you. All right. Uh, what did you say? Because I missed it. You were frozen. I couldn't hear anything. I don't know. I was going on a rant about that. I'm not going to censor myself for any of us, especially. But, I mean, I'm not going to censor myself, period. These are my views, and I do draw a comparison between God saying, get on your knees and ask me for forgiveness, and a predator getting on, saying, get on your knees and blow me, so you can have the job you want. Like, yeah, I think it's all abusive and fucked up. Anytime somebody says, get on your knees, it never ends well. And what these are my what? opinions. And this is the right. goddamn vocal minority with Nick and Steve. So, of course, it's me being me. Listen, You're what? so you, go fuck yourself. That's what he just said to me. Yeah, he was pissed, dude. He was pissed for sure. I under I I, I understand. Now he's texting me. I'm done. Scrub me from the show. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's what he's texting me. What are you gonna do? Should we call him? No. Listen. 
you have, I think you need to understand this, that you're making a connection that can be very offensive to the way somebody that you care about lives their life. And, and you may be uninformed that God is asking you to get on your knees and fucking you look up to me. Maybe it's something that is, that people would like to do to everything you've always said about about religion and you understand why people do what they do and why they have to believe in something takes a huge part in all of this whether it's you know old school religion and people believing fire and fucking brimstone and if you don't do this you go to hell but there's a lot of people who live their life by a faith that look to something to get them through their lives that that's not included then dude and so one of your alleged best friends has the balls to question it and you just get are you're so thin-skinned that you tell me to fuck off you blow up the show you just quit a job like we're trying to build something here we're trying to do something yeah, I am yeah, not saying that that was appropriate, dude. We, we've said a hundred times on the show that we're, we're pressing buttons here. This is not, not everyone's going to agree with my opinion. Good thing you got a microphone, Brewski. Why don't you let me finish my fucking sentence and I'll let you say what you got to say. But you're not going to talk me out of my views on religion, nor am I attempting to talk you out of it. But uh, can he give you some insight and, and alter your views at all? Or are you just cemented in? On believing in God or Catholicism? No, not on believing in God, but believing that all the people that you know that are uh, celebrating a religion aren't fucking perverts and fucking... Obviously not. That's not what I fucking said. And I've said a million times, even on this show, even in recent months, that those that need religion for something to believe in, because it gives you faith, it gives you a way to live your moral compass, fine. Just don't push your bullshit on me. And when you tell me that I'm going to go to hell because I didn't follow God's rule book, but there's this loophole where I can go ask for forgiveness, fuck you. Like, no, that is all twisted. That is what the bad side of religion is, trying to twist people's lives, their morals. I can't even point that out without him flying off the fucking handle. Yeah, I think you can, dude. I think you can. I think that he was offended Two by goddamn it. shows in a row we have to have these fights? Yeah, I want it's to not it's not the topic. It's what there's something else going on. He blew up on me in Metallica last week, and now me saying that there might be something twisted about religion is some crazy new idea I came up with. Yeah, and then he yeah. tells me to fuck off and just leaves the show. Yeah, well, what's going on? Yeah, there's something going on with him. I mean, there's something going on with him. He's obviously struggling with something. I don't know what it is exactly, but sit there and shut the fuck up and quit the show in an intelligent adult way. What the fuck do people just keep vanishing in my life from? How do I not start to think this is all me? I'm apparently a highly annoying person to debate with because people just can't fucking take it. Is it because they know I'm right? Is it because they just fucking hate me and this is a good reason to vent on it? What the fuck did I ever do to Brewski? We brought him in the show 20 years ago. We brought him back now. We're trying to build this into something that's going to make us all money, and he's so pissed off that I have the balls to make a sexual assault analogy out of religion. I'm I'm the first person to ever do that. I mean, good grief. I love the guy. I want him on the show. I want a good exchange of opinions. I didn't realize any of us were such fucking snowflakes that I couldn't speak from the heart. Yeah, this is I. I don't understand the metallic one. I. I, I mean, I understand. I may uh, see why he got upset with this. I don't understand the metallic one. So, but like I said, he's obviously got something going on. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. So like we're going to do the show and just carve out certain topics that so I don't upset Brewski I can't talk about? That's a tough one, dude. That's a tough one. I'm telling it's you. inconceivable, and it goes against everything we're trying to do here. I refuse it. It's not a real friendship if somebody says, like, hey, we're ride or die. We can talk about anything except this one topic. Don't ever talk about that around me. Well, then that's not real. That's not keeping it real. That's you're being a snowflake on a topic, and now I can't. I'm forbidden on the Nick and Steve show from talking about something because it's going to hurt your feelings. I don't think you're for, forbidden, dude. I think well, that he, I mean, he just ran away. That was not my goal of the show here. Right, but he, you know, I think you want to... Management 101, if you say things and don't get the result you're looking for, apparently you got to say things a little differently, but that defeats what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I think... He just fucking you call him, live during the show. No, what, what good is that going to do? I mean, I guess doing? if we're done, we could just, you know, blow it up. Let's just fucking torch it to the ground. No, I mean, we'll just, well, let's just call him after the show, dude. I, I mean, I you got to talk to him, him at some point. I don't know, man. I have a real hard time when somebody just tells me to go fuck myself and storms out that now I have to go chase you and make sure your little butthurt feelings are okay. Well, I'm, uh, what was the reason? I mean, there's got to be a reason. We've known the guy for 20 years. He's never done it before. So, uh, well, except for last week, yeah, he's never done it before. Well, he was yeah, off I mean, last week too. He what? He he was this close to storming off last week too. Yeah, He'd scrub you from the show. Go fuck yourself. No, call the lawyer. I dare you. There's nothing here that is. I, I'm not going back and taking him out of all these shows. No, you're, I don't. You're not think destroying that's what he's 18 saying. of our shows. No, that's not three what he's hours saying. apiece. He's just told me scrub me from the show. He said, what, yeah, what I mean that that's mean? moving forward. Like I'm not going to do it anymore. Scrub me off the show. I'm, I'm done with the show. Scrub me from it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Take him off. Basically, it means take him off. He's you don't have to scrub his stuff out of the show. Oh, okay, Bruce, you got to stop texting me. <laughs> Insanity. I just yeah. fucking mute him. I mean, good God. I, I, I take a lot of offense to that, man. I mean, you and I have put a lot of time, money, and effort into getting the show back on. And I understand we're all working for free, but it's working towards a goal here where this could be a full-time job for all of us. Yeah. It just tells yeah. us to fuck off over religion? Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You're not hearing me. I'm trying to tell it's you that religion is... Yeah, yeah, it's something that he lives his life by, dude. Something well, I mean, you live your life all, by. I can't you, shit all over it without hurting your feelings. And if I don't have an open ear at all, we can disagree about it. But I'm not going to tell you that you're, you know, the way you're living your life is fucking bullshit. And you're, you know, related to you're a fucking pedophile. You know, that, and I'm telling you, that's what started pissing them off. It wasn't pedophilia, by the way, but uh, whatever. Well, you know what I'm talking Sexual about. Sexual abuse in the church. Yeah, but again, I didn't make this up. Like... So you don't like Catholic priest sex jokes? Sorry. Maybe no. Don't subscribe to religion where they routinely abuse children? I don't know. Just a crazy thought I had. Listen, you could tell a joke, dude. <laughs> you could tell a joke. I, I implore you to go back and see how when you're talking to him about religion that you've got a set-in-stone thing that is a tearing way that he lives his life down by. You have First to understand, all, dude, that in religion... I've never heard this Catholic that, thing. That, he goes to church every week? I mean, seriously, this is never. I, this is not something I even know about the guy. Such he grew up Catholic. And? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, he subscribes so, to mean, the philosophies of the Catholic Church. Did he go on Christmas Eve? I missed that from his recap. I don't know if he did or not. So how Catholic is know. he? Listen, if he is telling you that these are his beliefs and you shit all over them, you can shit all over what you want to, dude. I'm telling you why he was pissed. I get it. I understand it. On him. And then, I don't know. We're in the middle of a topic and he just decides to go off on me instead of telling me at some point that this is a sensitive thing for him. I agree. I just thought that the the three of us were a little tougher, thicker skin than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he usually is. I mean, I don't want to make excuses for him. Something's going on with the dude. I have been begging on religion since we started the show 20-something years ago. I have never heard this from him. Yeah. So I was supposed to know this today. And as he's screaming at me to go fuck myself, what was I supposed to do? Somehow stop and digest and, and and pat him on the bottom and like I mean, what the fuck, man? I don't know. I don't know. He, this I don't is supposed know. to be a safe place. We're all supposed to be able to come in here and talk about what we want to talk about, have our opinions. Because out there in the real world, everyone tells us what we can and can't say. So now, you- yeah, let's do this talk show and just put a bunch of muzzles on ourselves. Yeah. Hey, well, here's the thing, dude. I understand him getting upset. I don't. I don't. I don't agree or understand why he stormed off the show. He's got something going on, and and we saw it last week. I don't know what it was. I thought he he seemed like he was in a little better place. So I'm not exactly sure why he stormed off the show, but he obviously uh, he obviously was offended and uh, couldn't couldn't take it at the moment. I guess I've done my job right then if I've offended him. I wasn't trying to hurt feelings and destroy friendships and business ventures and everything else, but I guess I just dodged a bullet there. It's better to find it out sooner than later, right? Well, I mean... Am I supposed to give him the chance to fucking slam the door in my face and then just walk back in? Well, are you hanging the robe up with him? Or you just feel like you're done with him? He just quit. What do you want me to do? Go beg him to return? You don't have to beg him to return, but as his friend, I'm going to call him and ask him, like, what's going on with you, dude? What's going on? I would like I mean, to do that, that was... but the three of us were just sitting here talking. So, what, call him off air? What's the fucking difference? And if my ex called me up and said, hey, I'm sorry, I threw you out. Uh, can I, ha- you know, can we get back together? Like, you guys would all tell me I'm insane. You can't let somebody piss in your face like that. Storm out. No. Slam yeah. the door. I get it. I get it. What am I supposed to do? Even if we have some come to Jesus, or I shouldn't bring Jesus into this, sorry. Even if we have some sort of come to anti-snowflakeism, have enough backbone to come and redo the show again, what, every time Brewski, the Bostonian, gets fired up, I got to back it off? Don't want to piss him off. Got to filter myself for nobody except Brewski. We're just going to carve him out an exception to the show. Keep it real. No. With our little snowflake from Boston. Listen, you can keep it real, dude, without fucking pissing on his face. How was I pissing on his face? Because, dude, I'm telling you, as someone who grew up Catholic, you know that I don't go to church every week. But as someone who grew up Catholic, it can, for some of the philosophies that you subscribe to, for someone that you respect and care about to tell you that your fucking religion's a fucking joke can hit hit the heart you know and i i I, sure 
I'm the first person to poke at religion. Uh, no, I, I'm sorry that hearing it from me you. resonates differently. Nor was I attacking either of you personally on the topic. No, you were. Uh, I, I listen. I understand. Can't go off on religion. I mean, I can't go off on Metallica. Like, where where's this list going to end? Yeah. Well, the fuck. Come on, dude. The Metallica thing is. That's crazy. That's well, crazy shit. I would actually argue the opposite, that not being able to poke at religion, one of the most highly poked at topics on the planet for the last umpteen thousand years, oh, Steve can't do that because it might upset Brewski. You know, Metallica is something arbitrary that it actually is weird because no one really gets all that angry about Metallica. That actually makes some more sense to me in some weird way. Like religion is the most, it would be like saying we can't talk about politics. Politics and religion, the two forbidden fruit that we're not supposed to talk about socially. I think this is exactly the platform to be talking about it. I understand it, dude. I understand what you're saying. That's why we've always been able to talk about religion. I don't like some of the things you say about religion. You know that. Yes. They're they're edgy things designed to get people, you know, thinking about it. And maybe that's what the whole problem is, is that you uh, it's designed to fuck with his head and that's what he felt today you know religion got their start ahead of me so they've taken a root hold on all of y'all before i got here so i'm just trying to shake the tree a little and get people to think about things a little bit differently and i'm speaking from a place that i believe to be true so can i not say the same thing like these are my beliefs so how dare you tell me i can't be talking about things i believe in no you can talk about them of course i can yeah, but not anymore. I just lost a friend, a sidekick. No, don't. It doesn't have to be over, dude. I mean, well, hey, look, he if he wants off the show, that's fine. He quit. But you didn't lose. You, a, you didn't lose a friend. You didn't well, lose a friend. Dude. How, how, how are we supposed to be friends when he just quit the Nick and Steve program live in the middle of a program? But I mean, heinous, way, I way, mean, way to try to fuck the whole show up now. And I like him on the show. I like him. I love him like a brother. I like his opinions. I like our exchanges of ideas. But this is the whole thing. We're supposed to be able to come on here and speak freely. And yes, argue with each other. But it's not supposed to get personal. You're not supposed to tell me to fuck off and quit the show. You kidding me? Yeah. I'm supposed to have faith that we can bring him back in and build a... I I wanted to do this for like the next 20, 30 years. Make this an international phenomenon. An actual yeah. phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. How, how am I supposed to have any faith that he's not going to get pissed off from anything from Metallica to Muslimhood and quit the show in the middle of it? Maybe. We find a new sidekick sooner that can take it. Well. I let's... dodged a bullet with Brewski. Thank God I'm not planning a career with Brewski anymore. you got to have a conversation with him. To say what? I'm not sorry for anything I just said. Well, can you be a little bit sorry, dude? Not for the things that you've said, but if you hurt his feelings, you're sorry. That I'm was sorry not hurt his feelings. Yes, that wasn't my intention, but I'm not taking anything back. I said, so that's I, I yeah, can offer that to take an apology. Yeah, obviously, I didn't get up today and say I'm going to go on the show and piss Brewski off by poking at religion. Because first oh, of all, I didn't even understand that was a topic that would upset him. But secondly, no, that wasn't my goal. So if that's what he needs to hear, then now what? So now the next time religion comes up, I got to tiptoe around everything? Well, I don't think you have to tiptoe around it. you imagine Gary Delabate going to Stern and telling him, like, eh, you hurt my feelings. I really think we shouldn't talk about religion anymore in the show. Okay, boss man? 
No. I'm going to put that restraint on you. Yeah. Well, like How we said, how can I possibly dude, function with that? Something is going on with him, dude. Something is in his Why life is right he now. Getting it's... taken out on me two weeks in a row now. Why well, I don't fucking bad guy. Well, he, all listen. I fucking do is try to look out for everyone around me, and it just keeps fucking blowing up in my face. Everyone loves me until I open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> then it's see you later, Steve. You've pissed me off. Gone. No civil discourse, no uh, de-escalation, just I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself and just leave. I am sick of people telling me to go fuck myself and leaving. Well, I'm still here, dude. Exactly. Exactly. That's what an actual relationship, a friendship, a talk show uh, chemistry and understanding is. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I This is what I'll say. I wish that Brisky, like you said, would have just kind of, if he was fucking pissed off of, you know, been a little pissed off or quiet or whatever. And then if he had a problem, talk to us after the show would have been nice or yes, talk to us on the show if he could stay on it, you know, yes. but to, but to leave is, is too bad, you know? Yeah. I know That's I'm the big bad guy here, but you got to step back a notch here. The dude just walked out in the middle of our show. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't love it, dude. I don't love it at all. I think uh, it's fucked up. It's like crazy unacceptable. Left us hanging, for sure. It just sat here and stared at us for the next hour, but to storm off, to tell me to go, to tell me to go fuck myself, what did I yeah. do? Because I, 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 I pushed the limits of your perceptions of religion. Religion. Mm. You're going to let religion be the thing to fuck this show over, huh? Listen, I, that's really? that's where you're wrong, dude. It's not the perceptions of religion to him. It's not the perception. It is, though. It's his perception. I poked at it. He didn't like it. He freaked out and quit. It's not a perception to him, though, dude. It's a solid thing. See, here's thing. the thing. This is why I don't freak out on the Metallica thing, because I have my beliefs in Metallica, and you're not going to change them for me. So you can say whatever crazy things you want. We can argue about it all you want. But at the end of the day, what do I care if you think Lars is a shitty drummer? That's absurd. Yeah. So what do you care if I think that Harvey Weinstein and the Catholic Church have an analogy going on there? Like, I don't like people telling me to ask for forgiveness from them because I broke their rules. Get on your knees and ask for forgiveness or I'm sending you to a pit of hell. I think that's fucked up. I think it's analogous to Harvey Weinstein saying, get on your knees and blow me or you're not getting the job you want. I'm the garter of these pearly gates. And if you want a career, get on your fucking knees. It's the same thing that churches do. We guard the pearly gates. You have offended us. So you ask for our forgiveness. On your knees, bitch. Like, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good analogy. Well, I, not, uh, none listen, of these are original someone, thoughts, by the way. Like other people have said these things. But as someone who has gone to church my whole life, uh, my experience has been is I've never been asked to get on my knees, and I've never been asked to ask for forgiveness. As far as this is something I want to do, and whether I'm talking to God or I'm talking to the universe, I'm saying, you know what? The, these are the things in my life I feel like that I could have done better or I've done wrong. Wrong. But what and is confession? A, what is confession? Yeah, when you actually for, go to confession, like yeah, I you're said, asking for forgiveness, right? 
Yeah, you're asking for forgiveness, but you have okay. to understand, dude, that if you're asking for forgiveness, you can be asking. It's it, That's why I related it to your therapy. It's the same type of uh, thing without having a therapist in front of you, that you're talking to somebody who you subscribe to the philosophies of, hey, be a good person love people and all of these things uh and you're you're telling them like uh i i did i did some fucked up shit today and and i'm going to try and do better in the future it it doesn't always come down to yes it doesn't always come down to oh it, it, listen I've asked for forgiveness many times without going to confession, and it's more self-acknowledgement of me ask, telling myself that, like, these are the things about myself that I don't like, that I wish I could change. I wasn't very nice to this person today or whatever. Right. You're being right. very generous with this whole system. I'm not. I'm saying there's a Catholic lot of people like You're asking for forgiveness from God, Correct. Correct. And in every movie I have seen, you go into the confession booth and you have to get on your knees. Those are just movies, dude. Those so that doesn't movies. exist anywhere in the Catholic Church. That's it never does, dude, but not okay. in all, so but not in all churches. Holes. Not in all churches. Does it, it, you understand does the it, premise that I'm saying? I the understand. The confession booth is set up for two things, to ask for forgiveness. Yes. And there's the little thing for you to get on your knees to ask for forgiveness, right? I understand there may be some booths that don't have it. And every church pew, when you pray to God, has the knee thing, because you have to get on your knees to worship God. Listen, if you have a friend that's like Brewski, let's just use Brewski because this is an example today, okay? Yeah. I've been, first of all, I've been able to get around to all this stuff with us because I know your heart, and I know who you are, and I know... It, just like my wife, it, sometimes you are dramatic to be fucking dramatic. It's one of your things, dude. Okay? Slipping the microphone's on, yes. It's called fucking entertaining, but yes, go ahead. Are you there? Now I'm here. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Whatever point you were trying to make. Uh, fuck. Now I lost my exactly. point. Dude. Exactly. Now, what was I? Tell me what I was talking about before you lost uh, me. Religion, and I'm an asshole, and et cetera. No, of the fact that, you know what, when you are talking to somebody about this, you don't have any idea how it can be, how, how much a part of their life it can be, even if they're not going to church. This is how they've been raised to think about certain things, whether or not they are thinking like, oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to hell. But if they think about some of this stuff, and this is how I live my life, how it can become like, you're saying the whole way I live my life is fucked up. And it's not ever, you, you're right, that some of these churches are like exactly what you're talking about and i too think that that way of practicing religion is fucked up it's fucked up but That's there's a point. lot of churches and a lot of people right but there was no bend in your there's no bend in what you're saying it's solid Listen, during um, that argument i was trying to make a point and he wouldn't let me make the point and he was trying to push back so no i'm going to drill down even harder but as i mentioned many times including 10 minutes ago if religion gives you something to believe in faith spirituality whatever it is that's great i have no problem with people that practice religion in that way it's when religion starts telling me that i am wrong 
that you have to ask me for forgiveness or permission to get into heaven, that what you're doing with gay people is wrong because it says it in Leviticus. Like, that's where I say, fuck you, and I'm not going to allow somebody to bully me out of those positions. Because you were indoctrinated with this through your whole life. Maybe you haven't had somebody push the buttons like I have. It's it's what I'm here to do. And if, if the three of us can't even agree on that, then I don't know what the fucking point of this is. I'll just do a podcast by myself, just sit here and talk to myself. You know, not offending anyone on the show. I'm just going to offend the audience. Like, really? Did we not all make this pact 20 years ago and over the summer that we will talk about anything on this show and we can argue about it and we can do it because it's entertaining and compelling, but that it has to stay on the show. We don't take it off the show. If we were all sitting around having a beer and he told me like, hey, Harness, you're kind of pissing Brewski off. I would stop. I would understand that is not the time, not the place, not the setting for that kind of thing. This is literally the time, place, and the setting to be pushing buttons and pushing back on things like politics and religion. Yeah. The biggest topics that I want to be here to push back on. But now yeah. I've, I've, I've lost a friend over it. We've lost the third voice on the show that I literally just told you over this past week. I value. I like his input. I like his personality. I like everything about it but yeah good god what the fuck snowflake i can't sit here and poke a religion without you having a meltdown on me now you're telling me my views are invalid on religion so now we're in a big catch-22 everyone's views are here's the thing though so let's all put our tampons and just sit here and have a kumbaya it's not a uh, it's not that your views on religion are wrong in his eyes that you are making a blanket statement about everyone and that lumps him into what you're talking about and defend it if you don't see how that could hurt or or be offensive i don't know what to tell you not on this show if we were all sitting around socially yes 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 i took it too far but we are not sitting around and maybe here we're doing a goddamn talk show. And maybe that's where the lines are blurred because, they, they, you know what? This show is three friends that have known each other for years sitting, having these conversations. And just as we want the show to feel like you're listening in on a conversation at a bar, uh, maybe those lur- blinds were uh, lines were blurred for him, you know? Well, clearly, you and I seem to understand it. He just yeah. quit and stormed off. Told me to go fuck myself. I got a latest long text. Do you want me to see what it says? I don't know. I don't know if I do, but sure. Sure. Since we're doing all of this shit live, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, dude. No, you probably should not be reading this to me. (laughs) If you want to have any chance of unburning this bridge, I don't know what to tell you. Somehow I'm the bad guy again. And uh, I hear all of my exes out there laughing hysterically. So I hope Ruski feels good about that. Dude, you're going to have a conversation with him, you fucking asshole. you got to have a conversation with him off the air. You have to. We were just talking about therapy and relationships need a little guidance once in a while. And I know that I'm not, I'm not saying what he did on the show is great. When, and we can have a conversation about that, whether he's ever on this show again or not. But you got to have a friendly conversation with him. I suppose. I, I just, I don't know who's going to officiate that. What, what, where we're going to go with it? Like, what did I, what am I amending? What am I apologizing for? You've got I'm to tell your feelings, but <laughs> I'm not sorry for what I said. And that's not a real apology then. 
Well, uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. I, don't I know would say it again. Do. I mean, that's the problem. So how are we supposed to move forward? Would you? I mean, I guess we can have a conversation off air so we can still be friends and check in once a year with each other. But you can't be on the show anymore. How, how can you be? I don't know, dude. I, I don't filter know. myself for you, really. Because I'm not getting that from the audience, from every person I know that listens. Now one of the hosts on the show, I got to tiptoe around. Fucking rejected. That defeats the entire premise of what we're doing here. And maybe this is the conversation, dude. Maybe this is the conversation. That, you know what, the friendship, uh, I mean, like I said, there, there are lines blurred here. Because obviously we're friendly here, or we wouldn't know all this stuff about each other. But you definitely uh, have to know that on this show that, yeah, we are going to have some conversations. And you can't storm off the fucking show. You can't storm off the show. And why am I supposed to call him? He just told me to fuck off and stormed off the show and quit. Just shot the show in the foot halfway through. Well, I'm supposed to be the bigger person and pick up the phone and call him. And sometimes, ask for what? sometimes you do, dude. I don't know. Well, I can, but I expect an apology for what he just fucking did here. I'm not apologizing for my views on religion, but your unprofessionalism to talk all over me, tell me to fuck off, to leave in the middle of the show, to be blowing up my phone while I'm trying to do a goddamn broadcast here that you just shot in the foot. Yeah. So I would suggest maybe you talk to him first, and if he wants to have some sort of come to Jesus, where A, he apologizes for the shit, and B, takes his tampon out and says he can be a big boy for future shows, then maybe we can do this. But otherwise, sure, I'll give him a call, I'll tell him I love him, and uh, I'll talk to you next New Year's. You fucking asshole. Storm off on our show, tell me to go fuck myself, and I gotta call you and apologize? Because I had the nerve to question organized fucking religion? God forbid. No pun intended. God for fucking bid. I question religion. Fuck you. Now you're going to stew on it, dude. You're going to get pissed more and more pissed. Of course. He's going to get more and more pissed, and you guys are just going to be done with each other. This is my theme in relationships. I will do anything and everything for you. I will die for you. I will break myself financially and emotionally for you. But as soon as you fucking tell me to go fuck myself, ride's over, man. Yeah, it was a bad one, dude. I, I, the fuck yeah. did I? I mean, seriously. Okay, so I offended you religiously. Fine. You're gonna tell me, your ride or die buddy, your your co-host on this show, that I should go fuck myself, and you should, and you're just gonna leave in the middle of a recording. Yeah, I, I mean know. that that's not even unprofessional. That's just unfucking heard of. Yeah, yeah. No, no radio station would ever let him back in the building again. No. No. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I and don't, I don't know. Seriously, though, dude, I don't know what to do. Like, I do not want to lose the guy. I don't. I think the show is better with him. But not this brewski that's shown up the last two weeks that is going off the deep end on either universally poked at topics like religion or fucking my love of Metallica. It's two weeks in a row he's told me to go fuck myself, told me I'm the bad guy. He told you to go fuck yourself last week, too? I don't know if he literally said it. I'm going to have to go review the tape, but obviously the the whole tone of it yeah, was yeah. go fuck yourself on your love of Lars Ulrich, of all things. Like, yeah. The fuck, man? Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, they, I, I need to know what his deal is. I mean, uh, in two different ways. I need to know what his deal is. What are you struggling with right now? that has created so little patience for what you're doing here that you just can't 
take it anymore. And, uh, you know, what pissed him off so bad? I mean, I think I have an idea, but I don't know that for sure. So I can't assume. Honestly, what, what? Just me saying that? I, I don't get it. Me making a blowjob comparison between getting on your knees, like that was so egregious that I need to go fuck myself and he quit the show. Well, and by the way, I never said personal about either of you. I could maybe get it a little bit better if I said you, Brewski, and you in the church, and you, you, you. Like, I was making a pretty fucking broad analogy, and not one that no one else has made, and not one that I would apologize for, because my point is valid. Anyone asking the, you to get on your knees is up to no good. Dude, no one is asking anyone to get on their knees. Why do you keep saying that? I mean, church, they ask you to get on your knees all the time. You're supposed to pray on your knees, right? They have they literally built it into to. the furniture to they allow you to get on your knees. To. They don't ask booth. you to. They don't ask you. But they do. They don't, dude. I've <laughs> never been asked to get on my knees. I've You've never, never prayed on your knees. I have because I've wanted okay. to. I've but never been asked to. It's part of the process. The confession booth you've been in, they do have the thing built there that you can get on your knees, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. These are my points. Yeah. That is uh, that. You know what? The more of that is about is 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 understanding. I'm talking about the symbolism. Yeah, the symbolism. There's something greater than me. It's to you know your ego doesn't have to be so big that you're like I'll fucking stand up and pray. You're submitting to uh, an idea that there's something greater that you're working for in your life. But why does that require you to be on your knees? Why thousands of years ago, when somebody came up with the idea of praying or confessing, did they think to themselves, let's ask them to be on their knees? It's to make you the, it's subjugated. It's the whole fucking point. Religion wants you not to question it. It wants you to know that there are consequences if you don't follow the rules. And when you ask God for whatever, you should be on your knees because he is greater than you. Yeah, there is something greater than all of us. Right. It's okay. That's okay. Listen, not everyone that asks you to get on your knees is up to no good. Otherwise, I'd be uh, <laughs> the worst person on the planet because yeah. I've many people to get on their knees. Listen. But this is not something I made up. Of course, part of being subjugated is getting on your knees, whether it's somebody sexually abusing you or you asking for permission. Get on your knees and beg me. Like that's a, that, I didn't create that concept. Beg yeah. me for forgiveness, even outside of religion. Here's Bad the, guys often say, get on your knees and beg me. Yes. Here's the thing that you hey, don't understand. Okay. Here's the thing that you don't understand because you've never done it, so you have no experience with it. Yeah. Why do you say, yeah, like that, dude? I'm, tell, I'm oh, trying to open up I, your eyes to no, something it, you haven't experienced. First of all, there's a million things none of us have experienced that sure. we have opinions on. Yeah, and no. I'm not making some crazy thing that getting on your knees is part of praying or the confession booth. What you just said, there's a million things that we, that we haven't experienced that we're allowed to have opinions on. Yeah. Hopefully, when we're discussing those things, I will look to the person who's had some experience and be able to have a, an open ear at the very least. I guess. That's like saying I have a bad opinion of vans, so I'm going to let the guy with the van try to convince me that vans aren't only for pedophiles. Like, they may not only be for pedophiles, but that is so much bigger than that, though, dude. You're, 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 this is so much bigger than that. This is so much bigger than that. That you're not understanding that people literally 
use all of these tools in their life. It's how they wake up and go to bed every day and live their life throughout their day. So it's not a van. It's something bigger than that, which is why it's a hard conversation to talk about. Right. I, I just thought we were all big kids that could have this conversation. Of course we you know, are. If I'm yeah. supposed to respect your views on religion, why are you not supposed to respect my views on religion? Like, you don't respect my views on religion. I respect your views. I don't respect religion. And your views are what views. I'm, But you are what I'm talking about. You are somebody that does not preach morality on other people based on the Bible. So, fine. You like to go to church once every few years? It's fine. That's what I'm saying. Gives you something to believe in. There's tradition there, heritage. Fine. But don't push the shit onto other people. Sure. Don't and tell I don't me see that if I broke the that. rules, I have to go to hell. That's one of the crux of religion, that if you are a, some native tribe that grew up on an island somewhere that had never heard of Catholicism, when you die, you're going to hell because you, weren't, you didn't ask for forgiveness to get into the pearly gates. And that is fundamentally twisted and wrong. There's all kinds of these things that you're talking about right now that are the how religions were set up to scare you into religion. Yes, to manipulate right. the uneducated masses into following our rules because the stronger guy will just take everything from our village. 100%. I agree. I, I, I feel that. I know that. I live my life by that. But there, there is a lot of evolution in in religion whether or not you want to look at a book and say there's no fucking evolution here dude this has been the same thing for years and years and years with people and their personal relationship with religion there has been a lot of evolution over the years even with our newest pope when i was asking you before brewski stormed out about do you follow anything that the pope says this latest pope i get we have a progressive pope now that's fine a progressive pope, but it's an evolution in religion, and it is. I mean, you're talking about we have a hard time, with, you know, talking about religion just as a whole with people. But for a guy to be able to stand up and say, you know what, this is a side of religion that's been around for a long time that I don't agree with, and I'm the, you know, basically the president of the Catholic Church, so I'm going on record and saying, you know what, same-sex marriage okay with me like where did we get off track here that we thought you know hating in any form was okay <laughs> excuse me right so and all of that came about from self-criticism and the church getting grief from outside sources and people questioning religion and poking at it doing exactly what i'm trying to do right now to get people to look at it a little bit differently you're right and a lot of it's come from self-reflection of you know what this doesn't make sense we preach here that you know love thy neighbor and all this stuff and then over here we're saying to throw a, a rock at somebody if they're different so that self-reflection it's evolved what i'm saying is is religion is evolved a lot over the years and there's definitely institutions that still practice the same old fucking shit and i mean if if i if i'm practicing everything in the bible per se i'm not 90 percent of the person i am or 80 percent of the person i am you know i do sins per se all the time yes. but 
I still live my life by certain things. Uh, you know, a lot of people that you're discussing, you're talking about, we call, oh, you just cherry pick what you like about your religion. I guess yeah. I do. I guess I do. I mean, I have to, I have to do what I need to do to feel okay. And I'm not cherry picking that I can go fucking murder somebody. I'm cherry picking that I can use the word fuck and I'm not going to go to hell for it. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brewski, I think, is in the same position of that. Since when is he some devout Catholic? I've never fucking heard this. I don't think he's I devout. We were the, but then why is me questioning it in a generic worldly sense, not about him going to church on Sunday morning? Why did that upset him so deeply after all of these years, after all of the religious tangents I've gone on? I didn't say anything today. I mean, 99% of what I said today, I've said before. I don't understand where this came from and why this needed to turn into a fuck Steve thing. Because I, I had the audacity to express my opinions. I thought that's what progressive liberals were encouraging. Yeah, I think he, uh, I, I'm only guessing, dude. I think that obviously he's going through something. We know that. He said he mentioned it. Uh, and I think that he wants you to have, uh, I think in this scenario, he's looking for you to have an open ear. Well, pay for some couples therapy for us because this is not the format. This is not the platform. This is supposed to be unfiltered, unfettered opinions, comedy, everything else. Nothing, no topic untouchable is supposed to be what we're doing here. Yeah. I've just learned that one of the two biggest topics out there, now I have to tread lightly, or poor little Brewski is going to get all offended and tell me to go fuck myself. Well, we won't know until we ask him. And by the way, if he told you to go fuck himself, I'd be in a plane right now to go punch him in the fucking nuts. Oh, I'm not fucking... I'm saying you're like not having my back or something, but... Yeah, no, I'm no saying, I have like, your back. I'm trying don't to tell me to go out. fuck myself the fuck man where did this shit come from yeah yeah no i i, I can't believe him in the last 20 something years say again what have i done to him in these last 20 something years to deserve that kind of treatment you know edgy know. is not sitting here on this show brewski was we brought him back into this fold yeah because we yeah. wanted him we valued him as a friend as a commentator and now yeah. 18 episodes in all of a sudden steve's fucking satan and he needs to go fuck himself after all of the heartache I have shared on this show about people just fucking burning bridges with me and telling me that I'm the bad guy, go fuck yourself. Good job, Brewski. Now you and Hillary are in the same fucking category. Brilliant. So yeah, let me be the bigger person, forgive him, and let him back onto the show so that he can blow it up in what? Six weeks, six months, six years? I'm not saying you got to fucking do any of that, dude. I'm just saying but you I guys want him back on the show. Like, probably I probably have a conversation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I just I... listen with anything, dude. You got to take a little time. I mean, I, I'm I'm a little bit uh, speechless about how everything went. I'm trying to understand someone who's not here to tell me exactly what they are. I'm trying to figure out all of this. I mean, at the end of the day, that was fucked up that he stormed off and left. I don't understand it. I wonder, uh, that's not normal behavior from Brewski. So I'm uh, thinking to myself, my first inclination is like, what the fuck is that guy going through uh, to act that way? Because I haven't seen him act that way before. I've, we've seen little tinges of this with Brewski in the past, right? Of him sure. uh, having, you know, storming off or just getting fucking pissed. I mean, he's definitely got 
uh, the only person that's threatened to kick my ass in the last 20 years more than once. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. But that, so. it still, that always still stayed within the confines and uh, of the show, and we always kept things going. I, like, I just... Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Listen, if this is some bigger issue and it's not me, it's that, then I guess I can have the thicker skin and uh, say, fine, like, I'm a big boy. I can take you throwing your little temper tantrums and storming off but look we can't i mean if uh if he wants even if he wants to come back on the show who knows we'll have to figure all this out but i mean that can't happen again like i mean it can't happen again it just can't happen again it's unacceptable i thought we kind of had this resolved last week i thought he had a little temper tantrum he blew up over something stupid he realized it was a mistake and so now we're going to come back in and don't need yeah. to address it. And, yeah. And now it just blew up twice as big as Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. No, and again, how am I going to know what topic not to address? I can't address something trivial like a, a rock band. I can't address something serious like religion. That's like, why I don't, I don't think it's any of this, dude. I don't think it's any of this. I think there's something greater happening with Brewski that's not on the show. So now I got to go pull it out of him. I don't I think should, you do, dude. I should I'll call up Hindenburg, too. Let me just pull it out of her, too. Oh, no, dude. Don't relate the fucking two together. That's, well, that's, you can't relate close. these two. Well, it's pretty damn close, dude. Come on. I mean, that Somebody was... that tells me to go fuck myself and just blows up and storms out of my life. That's It's literally the same thing. I understand that that would trigger an emotion in you that I don't care for, and it fucking pisses me off, and I'm sorry, dude. But... This is, we just have to go take a look at it. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know how Brewski's feeling. I don't know why he did that. But looking back on history, it hasn't happened before. So is there something else going on? And maybe there's not. Maybe he's just gotten to a point where he wants to tell us to fuck off. I don't know. <sighs> this is right? not how I thought the show was going to go. No, I didn't expect this, dude. I didn't expect uh, it at I mean, all. Seriously, I mean, not only is it like not how I woke up today thinking this was going to go, but I just, I don't know. I thought we all had an understanding that the show was here to be a little controversial and push buttons. I didn't think any of us were going to get our buttons pushed. And if we did, I didn't think we were going to burn bridges, tell the other to go fuck themselves. And yeah. Quit in the middle of a goddamn show. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk to him, dude, and try and find something out. I don't know. And if we find something out, that'll be great. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I want anymore with any relationship with anybody. <laughs> what do you mean, dude? This has got you questioning everything? Well, the last person that told me to go fuck myself and vanished has made me question what I want out of any woman ever again. Do I want a wife? Do I want a girlfriend? Do I want casual? Uh, Brewski, like, that makes me question, like, who do we want on the show? What can we, Who can we trust? Who can I put my faith in? What happens if Spotify calls us tomorrow and we all sign a multi-million dollar deal and then he's going to go fucking blow it up because he got his panties in a bunch? No, I don't think it's so. It's not going to work that way. If we move the show to the next level, one of us doesn't get to just quit one day. No. Like, then you're fucking the whole thing up. Hey, dude, this through is these... not some fucking hobby we're doing here. I'm trying to like build something real incredible for all of us. Yeah, He just shot him in the foot. Like you and I can do this thing, I guess, on our own, but I like having the third voice. Yeah, no, dude. And listen, from the beginning, this has been a revolving door. Yeah, right. A bit I of mean, a theme there too. I mean, yeah. Mets certainly hated me. I don't think 
I don't think big man. I don't think he left because of me. But no, Edgy didn't leave. This has nothing to do with just you, dude. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's something else going on here. But the point is, is that I would I I would love for Brewski to stay on the show. Uh, I loved Mensa on the show. There's been big man I enjoyed on the show. There's yeah. been a revolving door, and there's been one constant, and it's been fucking Nick and Steve that have carried <laughs> this show forward. So if it's gonna, it, it will continue to go forward and maybe someone else will sit in that chair. Maybe Brewski will be there. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a bummer that he fucking did that to us uh, professionally. And as friends, it is even a weirder spot that it hits me. So that's, again, with those blurred lines. So I don't know. I don't know where we go. We'll figure it out. We can't do it while we're on the air. But we'll have to. uh, I mean, I'm going to call him. I'm going to ask him, like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck was that? Yeah. I'm what sorry the fuck that was you. That? Yeah, I mean, yes. What the fuck was that? I, I'm sorry you got to play moderator. Um, I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, sure, yes, I'll get on the phone with the guy, but um, I just have a real hard time. Um, if he had just flipped out over some topic or anything, but he flipped out over me, told me to go fuck myself, stormed out on the show that we're in the middle of. Re- I'm like. <sighs> It's a tough one, dude. That's a it's little a too one. close, you know. Yeah, it hits close, dude. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for that. It's not. Let me tell you this. It's not the same thing. All right. Uh, this is. Uh, I understand. I understand why it would, and I understand that, and I'm a hundred percent sure he wasn't thinking of that when he did it. I don't think he was thinking, dude. I mean, he started fucking foaming at the mouth and fucking shook his head and yelled and But it's just like last week. He didn't tell me to go fuck myself. That's what it was. He told me, Oh, you always have to be right. You always have to be right. God damn, that is just I mean, yes, the fucking Hindenburg used to say that to me all the time. You just have to be right. Like, no, I'm just trying to have an exchange with a person I thought was an equal to me. Like, sorry that my opinions hurt you so badly. Yeah, well, uh, one of you has to be able to say in those moments, uh, obviously we feel differently or we agree to disagree. But again, like uh, my last relationship is a 24-7 real world thing. This is a talk show that we're taping for a few hours a week. If I, if again, if we were sitting in a restaurant and I said these things to Bruce and he stormed off, I'd say that is my bad. This was socially inappropriate of me. I shouldn't be sitting here poking at him while we're all trying to have a beer. But that's what this show is. And I, I, I think that's the nail on the head, dude, is that I think that those lines have been blurred in his mind of that, you know what, on this show, this is what we do when we're off the air. Obviously, we won't have these arguments this way. And that's part of doing the show, dude. We, uh, and I thought he knew that, but something's going on. That's all I can say, dude. I guess it's a compliment that we're making this so real that he can't, you know, understand the distinction. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know. He's... I just, I refuse. I refuse to come out here and be censored by anybody. Well. It defeats the whole fucking purpose. I got exes listening. I got Brewski listening. I got parents listening. Everyone I got to tiptoe around the fucking tulips for. No. Re-fucking-jected. it's rejected Rejected. it's like when my dad told me a couple of well stop talking about don't reference a story about any of your exes no rejected on principle 
If I want to bring up a story that happened in Mexico because it was I was there with a girlfriend at the time, no, I will not fucking censor myself for other people's benefit. That is what I do in every facet of life, because that's what we all do. I get it. This is not life. This is a podcast, a talk show, designed for us to come on here and be honest, give real opinions. Yeah, well, feelings are going to get hurt in that process, dude, whether or not you want to say they're not or not. I mean, you, you, there's never been something that's happened on this show where you've been like, oh, I wonder when so-and-so was saying that if, you know, that's how they really feel. No. Never? No. Listen, we've gotten in some arguments on this show because people have said things that have pissed me off. But usually, if you really think back, the times I exploded on Edgy, it's when he fucking disrespects me. It's when he, yeah. no, no, stop talking. I don't want to do that bit. I want to tell you, the guy that yes. the interview in Seattle, I screamed at. He tried to take over the show. I, that's when I get pissed off. When people start yeah. telling me how to operate this show, how to what opinions I should have. No, go fuck yourself. This is not us having breakfast together. This is a goddamn show. And I know we put the projection out that this is three friends talking, but there is a bigger game going on here. The same yeah. game that goes on in the Howard Stern show or any of the other shows like this, the men's room. Like, yes, the perception is we're all friends, and we actually are, which is where the chemistry draws from. But we have got to be bigger than this, too. We have to understand that if we're going to get into a debate, that it's meant to be good, entertaining, or compelling, or honest content. Yeah. Got to stay on the, it's got to stay here. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I guess somebody's poked me over the years where we get in a good argument, but yeah, that, that's where it stays. Yeah, no, I, got I mean, it's the clawing once. I didn't fucking tell you to go fuck yourself and walk out of the show. You should fucking declaw your cats, dude. I, I wish I could. Call. Fucking cat scratching my couch now. <laughs> I mean, what, what does a cat need those claws for? People don't understand. Uh, well, we'll figure it out, dude. We'll Again, figure you and it I out. get this. You and I can have an argument on whatever the topic is, and I know that it's going to stay on air because that's the whole concept. And yeah. even if there's some butthurt feel, we may then call up after, hey, are you okay? Like I was, you know, blah. Yeah. Right? I can't no. fathom storming off in the middle of the show and telling no. you, go fuck yourself, Nick Reynolds. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You would not do that. All of this history we all have. Yeah. I mean, those, those words carry power, dude. So I'll let you know when my phone lights up with a G harness. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have told you to go fuck yourself. Let's talk about religion now, sure, or whatever, but that's tough, man. That's tough. It's a tough one. You guys are not uh you guys are not conducive. But neither of you guys are conducive to taking a step back and uh, off your points. But we're not supposed to on the show. Off the air, yes, I take step backs all the time. In fact, yeah. people tell me I take too many steps back to accommodate those around me. Yeah. So, no, I, I again, reject it on principle. Like, I'm not supposed to take a step back. Well, and, I don't it, have to feather my opinion so I don't hurt little feelings. And That's he, not entertaining. That is not compelling. Clear, concise opinions. Clear, concise opinions, dude. I understand that. If he is hurt over it on the show, what does he do with it? We argue, you make your point, and then you stop talking, and the topic moves on eventually. And then if I've truly hurt your feelings, then we have a conversation off air, and I explain, like, gee, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, and I was turning it up to 11 for the show, and, you know, I could expand, whatever it is, but just 
no, you don't just talk over us. You don't tell us to go fuck off. You don't walk off the show. Yeah. That is nowhere near the level of professionalism that is required to do opinion radio, podcasting, whatever it is. Yeah. I just Agreed. figured that 25 years into all of our careers that we'd figure that part out by now. Dude. So, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, oh, Brewski's on my phone right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. You got it, Arnest. Uh, uh, can you can you tell him you're sorry now? We can all be better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why? Why? I don't why know. Did, why did it happen, dude? I, I seriously don't know. I don't know why it happened. So, Well. The disc jockey has made an error. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I expressed my opinions here. Where was that coming from? You're so you. Well, I'm going to take that as a compliment, quite frankly. Yeah, you know what You're he means so by you. That. Yeah, you You're know so who you. I am. You know where I'm coming from, and you know I'm not going to back off of it, especially yeah. with this goddamn microphone's on. Uh, yeah. that's a fact. I am so me. <laughs> You're right. We've had, well, okay, well, Brewski stormed off the show now. We had Big Man stormed off the show, who was another producer that we had years ago. Not my fault, but yes. Uh, no, that was a collective <laughs> fault because we were making fun of, or we were making light of something that had happened in his life. Yeah. Uh, joking about a sensitive topic. How dare we? Uh, I think Mensa stormed off the show a couple of times, but he always came back. He didn't storm off like, fuck you, I'm out. But he, no, I think Mensa went to stormed cool off. off. Yeah, went to cool off, which yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, you know what? If he would have wanted to turn his camera off and said, I got to cool off, that would have been fine, right? Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, clearly his response was not appropriate, you know, I mean, but, but now what? Yeah. Well, <sighs> All things cannot be solved today. I guess not. All right. Well, we're two and a half hours into this debacle. Uh, now what? Did we finish? Well, Do we just wrap this shit up? <laughs> or do you want to spend 20, 30 minutes talking about my random topics here? Yeah. Well, I got random topics. I want to finish it up, dude. Let's not go out on a sour note here. Come on. Well, we may need to get used to doing it with just the two of us. So Yeah. God fucking damn it. The fuck, man? Fucking 2022. This year can seriously go fuck itself. It's almost done, dude. And you got a date, a hot date set up. So. It's all even numbers. This was supposed to be a good year. Okay. That's my OCD talking. Oh, did you felt like 2022 was going to be great? Yes. I mean, 2021 was terrible. I like even numbers. 2022. Two, two. I mean, those are all even numbers. They all add up to good things. Like, is zero an even number? Year. Yeah, I'm going to say it is. All right. It's in between one and negative one, so it's uh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. It's more even than odd, but uh, it just even twenty twenty or just twenty two. Like it was supposed to be a good year, and I got fucking COVID. I got uh, fucked in the ass financially with the business. I've gotten my entire family unit blown to living shit. Yeah, IRS crawling up my ass, and now the uh, vocal minority ends the year down one champion because Steve had to. Speak out against religion. Uh, episode 18, dude. Not even. Oh, it is even. It is even, yeah. Yeah, it is even. Well, maybe these even numbers aren't your thing anymore, dude. I'm starting to think 23 is going to be a fucking train wreck of a year. No, dude. You got to think about it better than that. I go, listen, I go into every year thinking, eh, 
eh, it's going to be a great year. And it doesn't always end up that way. But you got to start the year at least thinking it's going to be a great year. Or I start just... every year thinking that way. My my, I've learned my perception does not, the universe cares nothing about it. You don't think? Apparently not. I was all optimistic. I started this year newly engaged. My family bigger and better than ever. You know, good prospects on the year. I got a whole year to rebuild the radio station. The economy should be back to normal. Yeah. Haven't gotten this damn pandemic bug yet. Living in Lake Tahoe. I mean, just the entire year, just month after month after month, has just fucked me over. Blown up everything that I thought I had, everything I thought I'd give a shit about. Maybe this, that's this talk show has been the one shining light through this year. Thank God we got the vocal minority back up and running. And thank God we're having fun. We're building up an audience. Well, now, Bruce yet again, not I, having fun, dude. Apparently not. I, I, thought no. he was, I thought he was enjoying this. I thought he understood what we were trying to do, what we were trying to build this into. He was so mad, dude. He was mad. Yeah. Do you think, are you glad you weren't in the same room with him? You don't want to fist fight him, do you? No, no, I don't want that on any level. <laughs> I think I could have taken him or anything, but, um, you know. A pay- Maybe that's how we work this out. Maybe a pay-per-view, uh, you know, wrestling match between you and Brewski with a few rules. I don't want to fight. I'm not, I don't want to fight any of you, you know. You don't want to fight. Your circle just keeps dwindling away to those that can apparently tolerate me. Oh, Everyone God. says I'm such a fucking nice guy, but it's it just... It doesn't feel that way. I'm just a fucking raging asshole. I just have to accept that, you know? You're not, dude. You're not an asshole. Listen, our our, our sidekick just told me to fuck off and walked away. If you're going to have... The mother of my children left me. The woman that said yes to marry me just up and fucking left me. Advertisers, friends. My only two fucking friends in Lake Tahoe. One of them chose her, like... Can't yeah. even fathom some of this shit, but here it is. So there's a recurring theme here, and it's me. Well, I can only speak for this show with Brewski, but yeah, I mean, if you you're... must be fucked in that too, because you're the one that stays loyal to me all these years. So what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, well, you've been good to me, dude. <laughs> We've been good to each other, dude. Why Here's does that the... not buy any loyalty with anyone else? I was good to her. I was good to him. I was good to everyone. I'm good to my advertisers, my employees. I'm good to everyone. And then at some point, they all decide, you know what? You said 99 wonderful things, but now you said one thing that pissed me off, so go away. You are you know what, dude, it's, uh, Rachel and I have had this conversation about my sister. Like, her and my sister throughout the years have definitely butted heads because my sister is not a bender. Uh, she does not like to bend for people. She likes to do things how she likes to do them. I, maybe you would say she's a control freak. Uh, she had th- therapy. She's talked about my sister and their relationship in her therapy before. And, uh, you know, her therapist was all like, you know, you got to hold people accountable. You got to hold people accountable for the things that they do wrong. The things that bother you, you need to hold those people accountable and let them know. Uh, one degree I agree. I agree with the degree on one degree. Okay. Okay. (laughs) On another, I'm a big subscriber to of, you know what, dude? 
first of all, relationships, whether they're friendships or love interests or family, family's a great example. Relationships are hard. They yeah. just are. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the basis of a relationship. If you, It depends how much you want to get from the relationship. Are you going to let little shit bother you, or are you going to shake some things off once in a while and say, you know what, sometimes Steve is fucking weird, and that's what he does, and, you know, that's one of those things. I'm going to brush it off because the other 90% of the time, I think he's a lovely person who I know loves me, and I know would lay down on train tracks for me, so... Uh, none of us are fucking perfect. So if we have this mentality of, hey, you know what? I need to hold you accountable. No, I don't need to hold you accountable all the time. Life holds us accountable for fucking everything that we do, and it's exhausting. I need a soft spot to land once in a while of someone who's not going to hold me accountable and say, you know what? I know his heart. I know he's a good person, and I'm going to fucking let this little shit go that's really fucking annoying me right now, but I'm going to let it go because... I love this person. Yes. You know? I, I, I would hope that I have built up enough credibility with some people that, yes, little things, you're like, all right, so that's a tangent, Like, but I know all these other things. But again, though, we're talking about a normal relationship off air. Yeah. Like this right. is an on-air relationship, and we're trying to do a specific thing here. And the, the fundamental is say what you feel. Who cares if it upsets people? And we can all have good debates on the show. We've talked about it off air a million times. So, you know, yeah, like, yes. Again, if we were just all out having a beer, I crossed a line today. I never would have done that in a normal social setting. That is not this. And I see, and that's what I take away from this, dude, is that if when I talk to Brewski, that's exactly what I would relay. I would just remind him of like, you know what, if we were out having a beer, we're sitting playing cards, whatever, that I, that would be crossing a line. I would never say that to you, but we are on the air doing something that has to be polarizing. Uh, and and th- by the way, it is the way I feel. Wouldn't go at you as hard with it if we were just hanging out, but we're entertaining here. We're doing a program where people have to be able to latch on to something or a deflect it and be like, fuck that guy, dude. He's such a fucking idiot. You know, they they have to, yeah. people listening have to be able to grab on or deflect something. Or why yes. are they listening? Exactly. And we've all discussed this on air, off air. We all know this. If people have no opinion of you, you're not doing your job right. They need to love you or hate you. And that only comes from definitive opinions, definitive statements. Mm-hmm. We're not politicians trying to be all wishy-washy about things. Yeah. And again, like I didn't even feel like Bruski and I were arguing about religion, like the two of us going back and forth. I was trying to make a point. He kept jumping in on it. And that then, Harvey yeah. Weinstein thing fucking sent him over the edge. Apparently. But again, like, am I the first person to make some sort of Catholic, you know, sex joke? Uh, and, and as if it's not based on something real. And I wasn't even making child molesting jokes. I was just making an analogy about people that tell you to get on your knees, to give you what you want. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he didn't care for it, dude. So that's what I'm going to pass along to him. And we'll see where it goes, dude. We'll see These what microphones happens. all have mute buttons on them. So. 
Feel free to hit mute. Let me finish what I'm saying. We'll move on to another topic. Like, yeah, I think Brewski's funny even when he's just fucking not saying anything and he's just you know shaking his head back and forth like he's fucking pissed. You know, yeah. you can do that. Yeah. I mean, on one level, I'm glad I evoked that much of an emotional response. Apparently, I'm doing my end of things correctly as far as stating my opinions emphatically and trying to get people a little wound up. But yeah, but God, dude, you're behind the curtain here with the Wizard of Oz. You're not supposed to fall for it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe he bailed. Can't believe he bailed off the show. All right, I got to get past that. All right. All right, I guess let's try to do something to wrap this up. We have less than 20 minutes, so I've Dude. got... Yes, what? Yeah. Oh, uh, go ahead. If you got something you want to say, go ahead. Well, I've got your review stuff, and I've got a Seinfeld article, uh, both that I thought might be entertaining, but what do I know? I don't want to offend your love of Seinfeld. <laughs> you may, dude. First of all, uh, yeah, go ahead with your Seinfeld bit, if you must. Okay. I really wanted our expert on Seinfeld to be on the fucking show for this discussion, but that's fine. <sighs> What's the deal with Brewski? <laughs> Where'd Brewski go? Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Is this the masturbation joke all of a sudden? I don't get it. I'm in no mood to be fun. <laughs> fun you don't have to be funny, dude. You... It's not don't fun. Be it's funny. not funny. Don't be funny. Ten Seinfeld moments that would not go over well today. Gentlemen, I mean, Nick, do you agree? I love this shit, dude. I love shit. I, I, I get off on this of where we used to be, including the vocal minority, all kinds of stuff that I used to be able to say that I don't say anymore. I love this shit. Yes. So, and we had talked last week on the show about words that we don't use anymore because we've all, uh, we all have evolved as a society and... And by the way, I spoke to Neo about uh, using the uh, the fag word on the show uh, because it's yeah, it makes you cringe, right? Yeah, you were in my dreams, BT Dubs, with that. Well, it, that that was my point. Like we don't use the word anymore because when we were all kids, it meant something different. It was just a way to call somebody a, a jerk or an insult. It was a comment on homosexuality, and so we've all evolved, and we don't use the word anymore. And the fact that it makes you cringe is actually a, a a good thing it's a sign that we've all evolved on that so what did neo say about you using it over and over and over again oh it made her cringe a little too um but yeah. again i explained to my kid like my whole point is we don't use the word anymore i got into the matt damon thing that blew up in his face too and like uh, they understood my point that 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 was the premise we're talking about words we no longer use and I pulled one of her favorite comedians, John Mulaney, into it, talking about midgets and that we don't use the word anymore. So, right. You know, so some things do evolve and change in society. The Simpsons got rid of a poo because he's a stereotype to be a, an Indian guy running a quickie mart. But, you know, here's a question for you. The show's been around since the 80s. It wasn't so taboo then. But here is a question. Hey, the F word, uh, the F slur. I'm fine with never saying that again, okay? Sure. What I'm not okay with, or what I don't, I shouldn't say what I'm not okay with. What I don't know if I'm okay with is why did we laugh at a poo then, and all of a sudden I have to somehow say, like, I don't think that's funny anymore. Like, I understand that it hurts people, uh, and maybe that's where I go, but why didn't I know that then? 
Yeah, it's a great question. But I think there's a difference between a word that we used to use that we've evolved on that has become a hateful word, so we're not going to use it anymore. Apu was a, a, a man of Indian descent, meaning India, that runs a quickie mart. That is, I suppose you could say a stereotype, but it's a stereotype because it's so widely true. Sure. They don't, they don't do insulting Indian humor on the show. Apu is not ridiculed for his nationality. So I actually don't agree that the Simpsons got rid of that character because he wasn't offensive when it started. And now society has come to the point where like, oh, let's not make generalizations. But it's a very broad generalization. There are all sorts of Middle Eastern families that run quickie marts. There's no and insult I, there. And well, I mean? yeah, why is that to look down on insulting. something? Well, why is that? Right, that's what I'm saying. Why, yeah. Not all stereotypes are insulting. Um, so I, I, I think that was a little too politically correct to get rid of an entire character who's been a core part of that show forever just because now we think, well, okay, not all Indians run convenience stores. Yeah, no shit they don't all run them, but, but a lot of them do. And this particular yeah. Indian guy does and his family. So why is that bad? I don't, I don't And know. speaking uh, on the topic, th the ones who do must be good at it because there is a lot of them that are able to support their family that way. And I don't know why it's something we're looking down on. 2022, especially leading up the last, uh, you know, three years, I feel like, uh, it is quite... It's a phenomenon. ...that we are getting all this stuff that doesn't need to be thrown out, thrown out because we are so sensitive about certain things. You're looking at it the wrong way. I don't know why that's offensive. Thank you. This is part of the point that we've had on the show before with the whole cancel culture thing, that it's, yes. it's become a, uh, a way to bludgeon the uh, liberals that want to protest something. But they always have. People always will. You, we have the right to protest. We have the right to boycott stuff. If enough people join us, then it's movement. If not, it's just whiny individuals. That's always been a thing. But, yeah, I think we've definitely taken some of it too far. And that's part of what I'm trying to do here on the pushback on some of these things. To put a little uh, checks and balances, get people to think things through a little bit more. So can it is who just because he's Indian is an overreaction. Yes. And it is. It can be uncomfortable to push back on some of these things because you want to go with the flow of people saying, oh, this is wrong. People are being canceled over this. I'm not going to do it anymore. But if you actually think about some of these things, it shouldn't be offensive, dude. Why are we making certain things offensive that aren't why are you looping that in or it's lumping like when when i got called homophobic for talking about you know some guys like performing oral sex and other guys does that mean you want to i was i was not using oral sex amongst guys as an insult i wasn't using it to hit someone over the head but some people are so sensitive oh god he's talking about gay guys he's talking about gay guys that's wrong cancel him like, no, I can talk about an Indian guy that runs a quickie mart and not be doing it derogatorily or it, to use it as an insult. Just like I can talk about some guys love blowing other guys. That's cool. They've discovered that that's a passion of theirs. You go, boy. Doesn't mean everyone wants to do it. That's not an insult. It's not homophobic to bring up gay sex. Just part of life. Right. It's not racist to bring up somebody from India running a quickie mart. If you then use that to belittle the person, to be derogatory towards the person, now it's homophobic or now it's racist. It's been ingrained in us that, you know, even as I'm sitting here thinking about what's wrong with that, the uh, my mind immediately goes to the place of like, well, is it a white guy that's doing the accent of an Indian guy made to sound like that? And yes, it is. And I have... 
a hard time understanding that we can no longer do that as well. Uh, and that is part of it, by the way. It is a white guy that does the voice, but he's right. a voice actor. He's supposed to be portraying other voices. <laughs> it's it's what acting is. Otherwise, you're just being you. It's only, I don't buy this concept would, that we have to have the person that is the thing to do everything. No one can pretend that they have Down syndrome. No one can pretend that they're gay. Like, no. I would only think it would be offensive in the tone of trying to degrade somebody because of that. Like, uh, Indian people sound stupid when they talk. And then doing an imitation of what their accent must sound like when they're speaking another language, by the way. And, uh, you know, like, uh, come on. So if we're not doing that, I don't know why... It's offensive. Trevor Noah yeah. is a great example of this, dude. That uh, Someone who has lived all over the world. And I don't know if you know this, but I get off on Trevor Noah a lot, and I so I know quite a bit about him. He's uh, sexy here. He's, I do think he's a very <laughs> handsome guy, dude. But How old is he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be tested on Trevor, Steve. All right. He's off the airwaves. Let it rest a little bit. Uh, but he is, his dad is Swedish uh, and his mom is African and he's been all over the world and is like the king of accents. And I don't know why it's okay for him to do all these accents. Is it just because he's a man of color that he's allowed to do that? Even if he's doing a, why isn't it offensive if we're doing a German accent? Right. You know totally. what I mean? Simpson, same thing. They make fun of all sorts of people, ethnicities, everything. I mean, so yes. And even them, sometimes they're not making fun of them. And that's just where your mind goes. Right, right. You know what right, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Now, like I said, there's been an overcorrection, and some people need to be here to push back on it. And I think that's part of what we're doing. And so, you know, not going to stop. Sorry. And that doesn't right. mean, by the way, there aren't some things that should be canceled or that should be passe now that we shouldn't be saying. Like, this is what we're here to have this discussion for, people. The R word is one that I just, I can't say it anymore. Uh, rectangle? Uh, yes, rectangle. I won't say it anymore. Uh, <laughs> this is my brother has a special needs daughter. And his whole career is based off helping people with special needs. And I have used that word, you know, not as of recent, but in the past around him. And I see the pain in his eyes when I see when I say that that's the kind of word I don't want to say anymore, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not these other things that you're making an issue when they're not an issue. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I totally agree. So let's see what Seinfeld did that maybe now would not be acceptable. And uh, the two of us can weigh in on whether we think that's true or not. Let's do that. All right. So uh, number 10 on the list here. When Jerry dates a Native American woman. In season five, the Cigar Store Indian episode, Jerry brings Elaine to a uh, Cigar Store Indian statue as a, quote, peace offering alongside some distasteful noises. Elaine is with her friend Winona, who Jerry has been interested in for some time. Turns out Winona is a Navajo and offended at Jerry's behavior. Jerry offers to make it up to Winona by taking her out on a date, but the date goes horrendously wrong when Jerry asks an Asian mail carrier if he knows any good Chinese restaurants in the area. It gets even worse when Kramer drives by the Native American statue in the cab next to him, making offensive Indian, quote, noises. Hmm. 
See, these are all based off assumption, right? I mean, I suppose that, like, why wouldn't you ask a Chinese man if they know of any great Chinese restaurants? You're assuming they like Chinese food and that's offensive. You're assuming that they only eat Chinese food. Or you're right. assuming that they'll know. Yeah, kind of. Like, uh, I, I'm German, and if somebody was like, do you know any good German restaurants in the area? It wouldn't offend me. I don't even know that he asked them, though, because he was Asian. I think he was asking because you're the male guy, and you get all over town. Like, what do you know? Like, so, yeah, it's coming down to assumptions. Now, right. the whoa, whoa, whoa that Neil Kramer was doing, like, you know, yeah, that's probably become a little passe. Sure. So, you know, a little rough. I think this... It, this straddles a line, I would say. I don't think it's downright offensive. Uh, and there's I think the old reduction, right? Yeah, I mean, way. that's a bit reducing of of their culture, right? For uh, you to emulate their noises and everything else that they may have made. Yes, just reducing them. Yeah, I'd say so it's politically incorrect now. Yeah, I'd say you're right. This probably wouldn't hold up nowadays. But again, I, I have a hard time going backwards and saying that something that was a common joke, you know, to say in whatever decade that now we should uh, apologize for. But would it happen again today? Probably not. And there's that recurring Seinfeld thing about, I think it was when they were talking about black people, where they're like, I don't think we're supposed to be talking about this. You know, they were even yeah, aware yeah, yeah, then. Yeah. Like, there are some topics like, I don't think us four white people should actually be talking about this. And that was sure. good. That was a good joke. And we brought it up when we had our, uh, our, our, our African-American friends on the show. That I don't know if us white boys are supposed to be talking about it. And what did they say? Yeah, I think you should be talking about it. Yes. They said, fuck yeah. that. We should all be talking. We should all be communicating. Let's okay. Let's even if we're poking at stereotypes, let's talk about it. It's, takes the stigma down and normalize it. So let's say, I mean, we can all talk about it. I'm not an expert on it, but I can talk about it. Uh, the uh, thing with cultural appropriation is an interesting topic to me you know you'll you've heard especially over the last few years that like uh you should not wear your hair braided or in dreads like maybe uh, a black person would because you know it's cultural appropriation i've been reading more and more where there i've heard black people specifically say like celebrate that stuff like like that's great that you're paying homage to something from our community and that you like it so much that you want to do it yes i think there's a big difference between cultural appropriation and a cultural appreciation sure you know, if, that's I well said, asian, if i want to have asian artwork in my house that's not me appropriating your culture that's me saying i really like this artwork from that culture like i'm gonna honor sure. it i'm gonna appreciate it put it on my wall yeah. now when you now, you know, there was an era in hip-hop where a bunch of white dudes were all of a sudden talking black and dressing black. Like, no, 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 no. Now you've got... <laughs> when I buy Asian artwork, I don't use an Asian accent to buy it. You know, right. if I'm trying to pretend I'm a rapper, I don't have to talk like I'm from a neighborhood that I'm not from. So right. that's probably appropriating it versus appreciating it. I can appreciate hip-hop. That doesn't mean I'm appropriating it. But if I'm basically mocking you by trying to talk like you <laughs> and look like you... And like Sure. So that, I would say, is the, the fine line difference there. Yeah. Uh, number nine, things Seinfeld did that may not stand up today. Uh, when Elaine tries to turn a gay man straight. Yeah, I wouldn't go for it today. In episode 16 of season six, entitled The Beard, <laughs> Elaine mm -hmm. gets herself into a spot of bother with the LGBT community. 
Uh, the setup of George and his toupee rejecting a bald woman is pretty funny, especially when Elaine steals the unsightly hairpiece. The story that dates this episode involves Elaine going to the ballet with her friend Robert, whom she believes is gay, and she's going to act as a beard for him as his bosses are very conservative. The issues is that Elaine develops a crush and wonders if she can, quote, turn Robert straight. Jerry tells her the not to... Uh, I'm sorry, Jerry tells her not to, as a gay man, are, uh, quote, only comfortable with their own equipment. The plot line echoes the harmful conversion therapy theme that we've all sure. heard about nowadays. So, yeah, you know, again, it's a comedy, so I get what they were kind of poking at. But the, the idea that you can turn a gay person goes against everything that we've all learned. Being gay is not a choice. So, would yeah. they do it today? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. And it's also, I mean, golly, dude, if it's being preached from a pulpit... I think that that's one thing, but if it's on a comedy show, I mean, these are all things that we have seen over the years and people have wondered and everything else. So if you're, if you're laughing at it, like that's not true, that's not how it is. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If you are preaching it and saying, do this, uh, I changed my child and uh, they've been a very good person ever since you're trying to say that the way that they are is bad. And I don't think that that was being done here. So no, that's a fair point. It, it's the difference again between mocking somebody and or drawing attention to someone. Sure. You can have an episode that's making fun of the fact that of course the earth's not flat and we all understand the premise that they're never going to prove the earth is flat because that's not the way it works. And they have comic fumblings while they try to prove it at the end of the episode. We all realize, of course the world is not flat. That makes right. sense. But if you spend yes. the episode uh, trying to, uh, you know, advocate that it really is flat and we can all make it flat, and then that's probably crossing a line. So it is a real fine line between bringing attention to a topic, destigmatizing it, and uh, making fun of it. Such a fine line, dude. And especially, I mean, well, the, the people, it seems like the people in my life anyway that I'm most concerned about are people that are from marginalized communities where they've had to deal with this stuff for a long time and i i want to do what's right but at the same time i guess i could use a little guidance from that specific community of like what are we just talking about here are we talking about the things that are actually true or are we just talking and regarding uh the things that i was told was true that is not true and you know that we've been saying all along yes this again goes back to the homophobic thing where people told me i was being homophobic i made the assertion that i cannot by definition be homophobic because i am not i am embracing of everything gay gay children relatives so i cannot be homophobic i can be insensitive though mm. so i can make some joke about two gay guys it's not homophobic because that's not who i am but a gay person can come to me and say listen what you said was insensitive it was sort of a jackass thing you said so maybe look at it this way or maybe apologize because you use these words that we don't use anymore or whatever it is. But you can't tell me I was homophobic because that comes from your heart, it comes from your intention. But I definitely can be insensitive and do it a lot, apparently. So, <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> Number eight on the list. Uh, Jerry is fascinated with breast implants. On season four's The Implant is one of the most famous Seinfeld episodes, probably due to the line, they're real and they're spectacular. In this episode, Elaine and Jerry meet a woman called uh, Sidra, Terry Hatcher, at the gym, and Elaine notices how perfect her breasts are. 
Jerry enlists Lane to spy on Syndra in the sauna, wanting to know if her breasts were real before dating her. Because some men are apparently obsessed with breast size. Yes, they are, dude. <laughs> uh, for good reason. So this is an interesting thing. Did we stop talking about that because it became politically incorrect or whatever we want to say? Or did breast implants become kind of passe? Like women realized having these ginormous breasts were not actually necessary for most men. So uh, it's just become like no, no one gets breast implants anymore. So why are we talking about it? I think people still do get breast implants, but they have become somewhat unnecessary in in women's eyes. And it, let's be honest, I think that women were getting breast implants for themselves to give themselves more confidence only in the fact that because they knew that there were men who liked that. But I don't think that it's not something uh, we can talk about. I think the creepiest thing that they're talking about is that we would have somebody spy and tell us what was going on in a locker room. But let's just be honest. Is that not a real thing you would do in life? Uh, to do what? Spy on someone in a locker room? <laughs> yeah, like ask a friend, like, she look good in there? <laughs> like, I mean, is she all real? Or right. I'm not a fan of breast implants myself. Uh, like, I just want natural in my life. But if you wanted to know, is that creepy that I would ask you to tell me what it was in the locker room? I think that's where it, why it's inappropriate, yeah? Yeah. Well, definitely that part of it is for sure. I've had this theory for years that, you know, women always talk about, you know, guys like big boobs or guys like this or guys like that. I think it's actually women that put that on themselves. Like, all you know, Vogue, Esquire, any of these magazines that are about high fashion, they're not run by men. Those aren't yeah. men putting those women on the cover of those magazines. It's women doing it to other women and telling them this is what guys want. But I don't remember casting my vote. I don't personally care what size boobs are. I could care less. Same with makeup. I would, I would prefer less makeup. Crazy hair, I prefer natural. Girl next door, take it down, blue jean t-shirts, wear a baseball hat if you want. Makeup, no, giant boobs. I don't need any of that stuff. I feel like women somehow thought that that's what us men wanted and then started telling each other that, and it became its own self-fulfilling <laughs> little universe. As always, they follow the trend of what's going on, whether it's on, like you said, fashion magazines or what's in the media, who's hot in the media. I feel but like who's over putting the last... that stuff in the media. Say again. Who's putting that stuff, though, in vogue or in the media? Like it's women doing it. Well, I mean, also, it's Harvey Weinstein doing it. I mean, there's men that are doing that in the casting Scarlett Johansson in the, you know, uh, latest movie, and she's big, uh, so you see her nice boobs, and uh, I think that women follow that. From magazines to movies to music to everything, you know what I mean? Like, it's just what's in pop culture at the current moment. Yeah. Yeah. I just think a lot of that source is other women doing it to other women for sure i, I do too i don't disagree and with breast that. implants is a big example i think women thought forever men only want giant boobs we're all gonna get big boobs and then they realize like no actually now there's a whole thing where men want natural breasts and natural women and all that so there's yeah. less breast implants going on i know some people still do but it's not the sure. phenomenon it was in the 80s and 90s yeah in the 80s it's a phenomenon in the 90s it's a phenomenon <laughs> yes i mean not so much now you're right so I get Jerry joking about whether they were real or not. Yeah. Um, so would that happen still today? I would say it wouldn't, but only because breast implants are sort of passe. I don't know that most people would relate to it anymore. Right. I agree 100%. 
Uh, um, here's a fun I take one. that back. I agree 98%. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, based on your earlier stories. So. Um, here's one just based on the title is probably correct. I don't think we'll joke about this anymore. Uh, that time Jerry drugged his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. In season nine's uh, sixth episode named the Merv Griffith Show, uh, Kramer discovers an old Merv Griffin talk show set in a dumpster and decides to turn his apartment into a studio. A classic. Right. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Kramer interviewing his friends in his new makeshift studio. The problem is Jerry's treatment of his girlfriend, Cecile. Uh, Cecile has a, a collection of rare and vintage toys that she won't let people touch. So Jerry drugs her, <laughs> plies her with alcohol, <laughs> knocking her out. When she is passed out, George, Elaine, and Jerry play with her toys. The idea yeah, of drugging a woman's actual toys. Is, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, not her toys. It really was a funny episode that that was his chance to play with it. But yeah, what if his what if his desire was not to play with her toys? He did drug her and then take advantage of her while she was passed out. Hey, listen, the concept of it is funny. I mean, are we, I mean, it'd be funny if it happened to a man or a woman. The concept of it is right. funny. But uh, yeah, you probably can't Cosby people anymore like that because <laughs> it's actually happened and women have been taken advantage of. And I guess men have been taken advantage of, too. Sure. Uh, we talked about the podcast uh, Two Bears, One Cave, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ari Shapiro drugged Burt Kreisner on a podcast. It's been an ongoing thing for a long time. He came over to his house where his studio was, and they were going to do a podcast. Made a couple of cocktails for the show, Ari did, and handed it to him. And he put MDMA in his cocktail without his knowledge. Oh, really? To test how you could drug someone? Okay. Yeah, and... and uh needless to say like i mean on top of the fact that like it was at his house and his kids were just outside in the home uh and he was supposed to leave to go on tour that night so i mean there's all kinds of issues with that but it uh it it really made him say like oh we're supposed to be really good friends dude you drugged me without telling me there's all kinds of health concerns with it too you don't know what kind of medicine i'm on and you just put MDMA in my drink, dude. So, yeah, I don't think you can get away with that. If somebody did that to me, I would. Uh, I, th I think we're done. I mean, I think we're done. Right. Yeah, Bill Cosby did fuck all that humor up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, you noticed, dude, that I took my Bill Cosby pictures down with me and him as soon as that stuff started coming out. I was like, yeah, yeah. can't be associated with you. Okay, so I would agree. They probably would not do a comedy show about drugging a woman in, in this day and age. But it is funny. <laughs> I mean, in it, theory. It was a funny episode, yes. Yeah, okay. I just laugh because just saying that <laughs> sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Is it okay to joke about drugging a woman? Yeah, probably not. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, the next one. Kramer buying Cubans. The, seven, mm. the 17th episode of season, uh, season 8 centers around Elaine going to see the English patient with her boyfriend, who hates it. Uh, this leads her to uh, being dumped, but is then forced to see it again with her boss. The subplot is a little more problematic. Kramer tries to buy some, quote, Cubans from Florida with the intention of purchasing cigars. However, Cuban people arrive at his doorstep, and Kramer decides to start a cigar-rolling sweatshop with the Cubans that he just bought. It's fucking terrible, dude. You can't do that. You can't do that. Oh, <laughs> uh, there is something fun though to see about what what was acceptable versus what is. 
Is your mic doing something weird? It is. I think it is actually, yes. Okay. What do you hear? Because I just started sounding all weird. Just like uh, I hear a a high-pitched squeal. You sound okay right now, but I heard like almost microphone feedback kind of squeal. Yes, I heard that as well. But now I sound weirdly muffled in my head, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you sound okay. What my mama, mama, mia. You sound a little muffled. Yeah, you're not coming through like you were. No. Okay. Whatever. Uh, show's almost over. I'll buy all new equipment in the, <laughs> in the next. Okay. Uh, I yeah, feel like I have no. a head cold. This sounds all weird. Yeah, it does. You cannot. Uh, you cannot buy Cubans. Okay. <laughs> okay. You cannot buy Cubans. That's my point. Shows about buying people no longer. Okay. Yeah, we can't do it. Okay. All right. Let's finish this up because I sound weird in my headphones now. All right. Uh, number five on the list, George eyeing a 15-year-old. Yeah, we know how we feel all about that. Are you a sex offender? Yes, probably if you're eyeing a 15-year-old. I'll tell you, George, people are sensitive about this nowadays. So They are. On the 15th episode of the fourth season of NBC's uh, Executives, 15-year-old daughter comes into George's office wearing a low-cut top. George obviously can't stop staring at her breasts, which gets him removed from the room and puts the TV show in jeopardy. Instead of apologizing, the gang send in Elaine in a revealing dress to convince the bosses that a woman's body can be distracting. But not if they're 15. Uh, I would agree with this, by the way. Like, this is not what I was defending. (laughs) Are you sure? I'm very sure. We got to check with you, dude. We don't know. I'm so distracted by what's going on in my head. (laughs) What's happening now? Your voice is muffled, do you think? Yes. It just sounds ridiculous. And I can't tell what the fuck happened. Check one more. Oh, on Nick Yulikot. Thank you so much. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, hey, hey. Check one, too. Take yeah. your headphones off, dude. <laughs> yeah, just ignore the problem. <laughs> I mean, you can you can follow what I'm saying. I sound a little muffled, right? Though a little muffled, yeah. You don't muffled. sound like you normally do. Uh, these muffs just keep messing with my throat. At least <laughs> they're the fucking bane of your existence, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so yes, oogling a 15 year old is bad now. It was bad then, um, but yeah, it's probably more bad now. I guess, right? Steve said it, dude. Listen to him. And again, everyone I was oogling was of a legal age, so this is not a correct analogy. Okay. Uh, a few things. <laughs> we have lines in this society. We don't round ages. 18 is not 15. 18 is not 28. 20 is not 25. Yeah. <sighs> this whole show today, I tell you. All right, let's just get through this shit so I can go cry somewhere in private. Uh, number four on the list, Kramer stomping on the Puerto Rican flag. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh because it's terrible, dude. You can't do that. Right. The uh, Puerto Rican uh, Puerto Rican Day Parade was uh, <laughs> the Puerto Rican Day Parade was initially so offensive that it was pulled from circulation, and NBC was forced to make a formal apology. I didn't wow. know. 
Uh, the president of the National Puerto Rican Coalition even called the episode unconscionably insulting to Puerto Ricans. Due to the city's Puerto Rican Day parade, the gang gets caught in traffic on their way from a Mets game. Kramer accidentally lights a Puerto Rican flag on fire and then tries to stomp it out, leading to the outcry. I didn't know they ever made a uh, formal apology, and I didn't remember it being a huge deal. I mean, that's where we go to, right? Because a lot of this stuff didn't seem like a big deal back then. But, yeah. Uh, Sounds crazy. NBC decided not to rerun the episode with the executive vice president saying, quote, we believe the comedy was aimed, as always, squarely at our character's ridiculous, misguided behavior, not at the Puerto Rican community. Nevertheless, we are sorry if it was uh, offensive. And that was back in the 90s. Yeah, that was uh, ahead of its time, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, probably not going to happen nowadays. Uh, number three on the list, Jerry's love of Asian women. Oh, Why is that a bad it. thing, dude? Seinfeld's treatment of other races is pretty terrible overall, says the article, but the Chinese women episode of season six stands out as being especially bad. When George's phone line gets crossed with a woman who has the last name Chang, Jerry instantly assumes she's Chinese. He tells Elaine that he likes Asian women and wants to date her. When Elaine asks, isn't that a little racist? He implies, it's not racist if I like them. That's a thinker, dude, because I somewhat agree. I mean, is that a bad thing to like a certain look? Well, it's like we talked about before. Am I a dating racist? Because I had said that on dating apps, I tend to be looking for my type, which is generally the uh, girl next door sort of type and generally more blonde than anything. And So am I racist for having a type or something that I like I'm seeking out? Yeah. So is it racist if Jerry's into Asian women and wants to date an Asian woman? It's probably racist to assume somebody named Chang is Asian. And as the episode reveals, she wasn't. So Right. Yeah, I can see how that might be a little racist. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think appreciating something is racist, dude. Well, I said once on the show, and again, my head, I just, this driver nuts, I'm sorry. Uh, I said once in the show that I do not want to date Asian women because I had a terrible experience with an Asian woman once. And, unfortunately, another Asian woman reminds me of that. And I had said, just like if I had a bad experience with a redhead, like I did, I don't want to date other redheads because the redheads remind me of the redhead I had a terrible experience with. So it's not that I don't like Asian women. It's that I had a terrible experience with one. And now somehow in my mind, it's just like, that's not what we're looking for. Is that fair? Probably not. But is it racist? No, it's based on my bad experiences. Not so yeah, that's a you problem, dude. Yes, that's a yeah, that's a you problem that you can't get past these connections in your mind. But I had I don't a woman think you're being racist. I had a woman try to commit suicide after our junior prom date went astray because she wanted to have sex and I didn't, and she ended up jumping off a bridge the next day. And I got called to the hospital by her parents, and I had to go to the hospital while she's in bed, like after she kind of committed suicide. Like, I just yeah, that was a terrible experience. And so, yes, when I see another woman that looks like that woman, I don't want to go on a date with her. If she had not been Asian, if she had been any other ethnicity, any other fat, thin, redhead, whatever it had been, whatever it was, that's what would have tainted me. Do you think if she was the girl next door, blonde hair, blue eyed, you would have tainted, been tainted from that? Yes, absolutely. That's where you got your ego, dude, of that you're a sexual master on all fronts and on all occasions, right? What do you mean? 
gave you an ego that you didn't want to, it said you weren't going to have sex and she tried to jump off a bridge or she did jump off a bridge, right? It's turned you into an egomaniacal sex <laughs> offender. Do I have to please every woman now so they won't commit suicide? Yes, Is that the assertion? Dude. Yes. <laughs> could be. Could be. I don't know. Hello, hello. Hello. I'll check one, oh. Hi, hi, hi. You're coming through just fine, dude. What's going on? I'm coming through better now. But you, you sound. I can hear you clearly. Okay, it's messing with my head. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where any of that is. That I was so young. That was before I had any idea of, of what my sexuality was or wasn't going to be. But it had to be formative in some way, for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yes. I don't want to date an Asian woman because I had a really bad experience. That it's not because I don't like Asians. Did she jump off a, like five foot bridge or a big bridge? A freeway overpass. So, like, he could have died. It would be the equivalent of a maybe two- or three-story building, probably three-story wow. building. Like, I think it was high enough that in her mind she thought she was going to die, uh, but it definitely was not high enough. And she also may have thought she was going to be run over. Um, a semi-truck saw her standing on the overpass and blocked the freeway, so all the traffic had stopped. And so oh, she decided... Purposely? Yeah, yeah. He saw someone standing on the overpass. Like, if she jumps, we're all going to run her over. Right. So this semi-truck driver yeah saw that this was probably a suicide in the making and uh stopped all the freeway traffic it's my understanding she saw the traffic was stopped but decided i'm gonna jump anyways maybe this is high enough wait a minute you're telling me that she jumped onto a road not water yes she jumped off a freeway overpass onto the freeway splat on the cement oh my god yeah that's terrible yes I and wish you of me. She did this because of me. Is that what she said? Yes. <laughs> you yes. have had to endure <laughs> that your entire life. Yes. I Do did you... not have sex with a woman and she tried to kill herself. And yeah. yes, very specifically told me but that it was because of that. She did it the night after prom. Like, yes, it was, yes. It was, she yes. just felt so rejected. I mean, there had to, obviously, there had to be more going on in her psyche. Absolutely was more going on. Yes. But she told you you were the reason you didn't have sex with me. I was That was the tipping point. Yes. It was the straw that broke her camel's back. She felt rejected, unworthy, uh, help, you know, worthless, and all that stuff. So yeah. Did it break her back? I, was she hurt bad from hitting, from not going? Was that a joke? I can't tell. No. Yes, it fucking mangled her all to shit. I don't know if she literally broke her back or not. I do seem to recall her having major back issues from it, but yeah, no, it was a real Dude, thing. Ever since I've known you, I pictured that woman jumping into water because you called it a bridge. Yeah. Uh, I've always, <laughs> I've always pictured bridge, her jumping yeah. into water. You're right. Yeah. But How I've did always that mangle somebody though. Jumping into water. Oh, well, people jump off bridges all the time and kill themselves, you know, yes. by jumping in and, uh, uh, because it feels like concrete when you're jumping up high enough, you know? Yeah, sure. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I did. I guess I didn't know that she jumped onto concrete. And thank God that that semi stopped traffic because she would have been run over. I'm sure that's terrible. Yeah. Yep. So, yes, I've had to live with that. So now you don't date Asian women. Yeah. You know what? So funny, not funny. That was my junior year. She was a senior. My senior year of high school, uh, a girl on the track team, or maybe it's cross country. I don't know. She had a crush on me. And this girl, who was, I think, a sophomore or junior. Um, she was Asian. 
and she stopped me in the hallway at school and did the whole like would you go to prom with me thing like this woman must have been so vulnerable it must have been so hard for her to ask the older guy out you sure. know she could tell you know we had flirted a little or whatever she must have thought there was something there so she yeah. asked me out to the prom and i just immediately said nope like you kidding me i'm gonna go to my prom now with another asian woman like no way that's gonna end badly all of Is that, that was based said? on trauma and bullshit no, I just I didn't tell her that, but when she asked me, I just immediately was like, "Nope, no, no, sorry, I'm not interested." Wow. And she was crushed. Oh, I, I mean, bet. I could tell it crushed her. Did and she was a very nice woman, but no. Wow. What was I going to do? Tell her this entire story and tell her that this is why I don't want to go to the prom with you? I'm like, no. But yeah, wow. true story. I felt that terrible, but no, I was just like, nope, nope, nope. Mm. nope. And again, if she had, if it was a redhead that jumped off the bridge and a redhead the next year asked me out, I would have said the same thing. Like, nope. And quite frankly, yeah. Laura was a redhead, and it's why I don't want to date redheads. Like, yeah. I, I just somehow get this association. Besides the fact that it's crazy as shit. <laughs> exactly. So, Even the males. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. It's pretty I get it. Right now, so. <laughs> All right, we got two more. We're, we're, we're about to break a record on our own here. We're way past three hours, but uh, let's, All just, right. let's get through this shit. Spit them out. Uh, number two on the list. And my microphone is driving me crazy. Fuck, <laughs> fuck off. Fuck. <laughs> number two on the list. When Jerry gets outed. Another commonly spoke about Seinfeld episode is the outing in season four. Mm. The episode centers on an NYU student interviewing Jerry and believing that he and George were in a homosexual relationship. He essentially outs Jerry in her uh, in the student newspaper, which is then picked up by the national media. Right. And uh, George and Jerry uh, quickly try to save, quote, the reputation by confirming that they're straight. Yeah, I don't know if that could happen again. I mean, I know the uh, dangers of outing uh, someone who hasn't come out yet and uh, having been uh, in the picture with a couple of different people who have come out to me in my lifetime. I know what a life-changing and sensitive uh, topic that it is for people. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we can't be outing people on this day. It's not for us to do, right? Right. Uh, Here's the thing. It's become... This is getting worse in my head, by the way. Um, I Are you playing some, with your compression now? Dude? I'm trying to turn the treble up because I feel all... I mean, that's a little better, maybe. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. My treble is at 100% right now. <laughs> Here comes treble. <laughs> Several years ago, celebrities stopped answering the question on the old red carpet or whatever, like, are you gay? And I think George Clooney was one of the first to say, like, I'm not going to answer the question. And the reporter's like, why? You don't want people to think you're gay, do you? And he was like, that's the whole problem. Like, if I say, no, 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 I'm not gay, that implies that being gay is somehow wrong, and it's not. So when I don't did care. this take place, dude? I've never heard someone on the red carpet be asked if they're gay or not. Was that a thing? Yeah. Because wow. it's it, it just like asking about their outfits or whatever. Like, hey, George, there's rumors that you're gay. Like, do you want to clear it up? Or are you gay or straight? Uh, and, and he correctly said, like, I'm not going to answer the question because there's it's not wrong if I am gay. It's not right if I am gay. Like, it's none of your business. And if I dispute that I'm gay, that implies that it's wrong to be gay, and I'm not going to do it. Good for him. So I think that is the evolved correct answer. So that's why that wouldn't be a thing anymore in shows, because it it shouldn't matter. And if you are gay, then who cares? It's like when you and I posted the clip on social media, are Nick and Steve a gay couple? The whole point was it doesn't matter. 
because we're we're partners, we're ride or die, like call it what you want. We had joked it would be easier if we're gay because women keep fucking with our heads, but um, that again is a pro gay thing, right. <laughs> like the other side. Right. Yeah. So no, I, I I think it's become passe to dispute you know dispute that you're gay or not. So I don't think yes. this would be a, a thing anymore. No, I don't think so. Some of, again, like the, you said, some of this stuff has just gone out of style, right? So, yes, exactly. Uh, number one on the list: What ethnicity is Daryl? Uh, Samuel Bliss Cooper plays Elaine's date in the 15th episode of season nine. When she introduces him to George and Jerry, they make the distasteful comment about him being a black man. Elaine claims to have no idea that he is black and then follows an episode full of weird comments about interracial relationships and ethnicities. Hmm. I do remember the episode. Um, I don't know, dude. Maybe I am ignorant in this. But again, I don't know that unless you are saying in your head that some ethnicities are bad and some are good, I don't know why this is an issue. I don't know why I can't uh, look at all colors in the box you know like i don't know why we're not seeing color i would agree i think it's a legitimate question to try to figure out what somebody's ethnicity is is it a deal breaker in dating that's probably uh, crossing a line in some sure. way yeah juxtaposed what i just said but right besides that like just trying to figure out where somebody's from or ethnicity uh, i don't know i don't know would it happen nowadays probably not because of the political correctness but i don't know if it was bad to explore because the guy was famously very neutral skin color you couldn't tell if he was latino very light american or asian whatever it might be so uh is it bad to just uh is it wrong of me to ask no i mean again if somebody you're dating is the wrong no you're getting to know somebody you want to you know potentially partner up with them should you be asking the new guy at work hey where are your family from probably not should probably get to know somebody a little bit better Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the old, like, hey, where are you from? I'm from Michigan. What are you really asking? <laughs> you know, like, oh, you want to know my country of origin? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I got to be careful with that, nothing, dude. <laughs> I mean, not that I've been asking people, but I don't know that I wouldn't. Uh, I, I love to celebrate other cultures. I think that's what makes up the world. And, uh, the, I think it's the spice of life, dude. I think we're pretty boring as white people. I mean, we've got some great things that we do, but I think, uh, worldwide, we're just real tiny. I mean, we're real tiny with our traditions and it goes back to like, no topic should be just totally forbidden. It's not wrong to ask somebody where they're from. It's what's your intentions? What are you doing with it? How'd you ask the question? Are you making jokes about it? You know, I see you're eating chicken. Where, like, you know, you got to be careful about how you're asking somebody. But there was uh, a no, it's curb it, your enthusiasm. Oh, I'm sorry. You no, I was just saying say, it's wrong to avoid it because of the. It's the same thing. Like, now you're giving it too much weight if you're like, I would never ask somebody what their ethnicity is because then that implies there might be a wrong answer or something. There was a uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode uh, of a guy that lived in this neighborhood and he was out for a walk and he saw this other guy that had a house and he was outside mowing the lawn and he had, you know, like a working hat on and he had gloves on and he was mowing this lawn and on the side in front of his house was this uh truck and it was a landscaping truck and uh the guy was walking by and he said oh hey uh can i get a card 
He was like, what do you mean? Can you get a card? <laughs> he was like, uh, I need, I'm looking for a new landscaper. I wondered if you had a card. And he was like, why do you assume that's mine? And he happened to be a, a Hispanic guy. He was like, why do you assume that's my truck? Why do you assume I'm a landscaper? He was like, well, because there's a landscaping truck right there. You're mowing a lawn. You've got gloves and a working hat on and everything else. And you're right in front of it. And the tailgate's open and you've got a lawnmower. He was like, Phew. Yeah, it's my truck, but I don't like the way you assume that. I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> so you were right, but you should assume you're right. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that comes back to Apu working in uh, the Quickie Mart. Like, yes, many Latinos work in landscaping. Yes, many Indians work in convenience stores. We live in a world of minefields. Uh, Apparently, yes, I've learned today. Yeah, I have got to stop talking. Not only because the show has mentally worn me out, but the, I, I this this whatever's happening with my microphone is driving me nuts. All right, dude. Well, let's end this program. Abort. Abort. Fuck you. Show's over. <laughs> That's how I'm signing up today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All Instead right. of peace, peace. It's fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> the show is done. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see for episode nine how many chairs will be around this campfire we call the vocal minority with Nick and Steve. All uh, who? We don't know. I don't know. I'm curious to see what episode 19 turns out to be. So, yeah, I'll tune in, too. Yeah. Tune in. You can uh, find the podcast on uh, any of the places you get podcasts. I just happen to go to Spotify quite a bit to uh, do it because I find it easy and I follow our show there. You can see us on TikTok. You can see us on all the socials. Go to our webpage, thevocalminority.net, and uh, yeah, have a look there. And thanks for listening as per usual. Yep. Peace, peace. Nick and Steve, staying consistent as always. We'll uh, we'll see where the world goes from here. Uh, peace out. Uh, that's a fact. This is the Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve. <laughs>